Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. Today on the Ether, Achepe Space started out the AI arms race and ended up LunkDAO NFT set. Terror Rebels spend 150k on KFC. Let's take a listen. I attempted to end the um, music and accidentally ended the actual space. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, can thing, I talk to Dr. Sefi? This thing has funny new music on it. I don't know if you noticed. It's like you can put little jazz and little journeys or something. Yeah, it feels a little bit strange. Huh? Like you're in a, you're waiting on a phone call. Yeah, it's like a little music before you go into like the planetarium or something. Boop, 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 boop. You know what I mean? Like it's like a, it fits the little AI vibe here. Hey, Euro, what's up, man? <laughs> hey. Did you see that link I posted about the um, uh, audio generation using stability diffusion? Mm, what did you, what, what did people do? What did they try with it? So it's hilarious. Um, it's um, so there's this stuff about like riff generation and all these ideas about like how do you make music? What's the structure of music? Like all this sort of stuff about like you know like doing it from first principles or whatever. But the stability AI stuff, right? It's an image generation technique it looks at images and it makes images and you give it some text or whatever but mainly it's images so what people did is um they put in um what's it called um they put like sheet, sheet music in there or something or no no spectrograms okay yeah sure and and literally like this is classical music spectrogram this is a jazz spectrogram and then they just ran the stability ai stuff on it and generated music like it's very low bit rate because like they're just using spectrograms but you know you can like up the up the vectors and um you can get like you know production quality music or whatever um and then they can like transition from one uh style to another just with traditional well now traditional uh image uh techniques by just like transitioning between one spectrogram to another and you get like something that sounds like halfway between like you know jazz and classical or whatever. It's insane, <laughs> and it works. Yeah, it's like it'll be kind of the same techniques that'll ultimately be used to like search for alien life and things like that, like meaning in the noise of the cosmos. So you can like listen like to space and whatever, and maybe eventually find evidence of communication either in music or like you know uh, numbers like pi or like prime number sequences, things like that. But yeah, the, the, like, I, I've been waiting for stuff like that for quite some time, like back when I used to do like some amateur DJing and whatnot and sequencing some music back in like the late nine, like uh, mid nineties. Uh, if you've ever done any DJing with like turntables, you know, you get your pair of like, you know, techniques, turntables, and you've got your little pitch modulator and everything. One of the things like, 
you know, that I had a good feel for is like what makes up a good sounding mix. What I wasn't that good at was actually doing the pitch modulation myself and actually like, uh, you know, beat matching things and, and that kind of thing. Some people are really like natively good at that. Right. And um, like what wasn't obvious is why the electronic systems early on couldn't just compare the spectrographs of the different songs and like match the beats and, you know, do it automatically. And more and more of the software now, by the way, does that like uh, DJ software does that automatically for you and is analyzing exactly what you're talking about in the background, like listening specifically for drum beats, listening for certain few frequency ranges, and then like marking the song. Um, like so that you, you can like take two tracks and then beat match the beginning and the end of them and like mix music together and everything else. And it's become much, much easier to do to the extent that like pretty soon, I, I bet you like maybe, I don't know if it's not even possible already. I haven't tried lately, but um, what you'll be able to do is like, just take a, a bunch of songs. Um, it, it, the system will automatically figure out how many beats per minute your track is. And then it will like put them in some order and then we'll be able to create a mix for you spontaneously. Uh, so you won't actually even need a human DJ anymore at all. But that's an, another similar application for exactly what you're talking about. Except what yeah. you're talking about is a little bit different in that it's like creating an entire song out of, out of this. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, those, and those, those things you're talking about, like beat matching and all that stuff, that uses like sound techniques. Like um, it analyzes the audio. What I'm talking about is it literally uses how the music looks like in a waveform. As yes. The, yeah. And, just the pure yeah. spectrograph of the frequency yeah. spectrum. Yep. Yep. Exactly. As, as just a painting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can do other interesting things too. Like, for example, let's say you want to just listen, you want the waveform of just one frequency out of that spectrograph, right? Because the spectrograph is just telling you like the amplitude and the, like the volume essentially of each frequency that you're hearing. And then it's putting it in the color spectrum. You can also split that up to like, let's say I want to find the beat of a song and I, you know, it's sub 100 decibel, I'm sorry, sub 100 Hertz frequency. You'll be able to like pick that up and like just use that piece of the puzzle uh, for your like music creation, right? So you can take maybe the beat of one, uh, like, yeah, you can mix and match these things. In other words, pretty, super, uh, pretty interesting. So like, yeah, then, then, then the thing is like, what can these things produce like on their own, which is even more impressive. Like, okay, I want you to produce for me like, you know, some trance music or some drum and bass or whatever. And it starts to be able to accomplish this thing pretty readily, especially because like now the systems are pretty good at creating lyrics too. So like, you know, like you've, you have a track and then make lyrics for this track and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, artists are going to be using them pretty readily now for um, if not like to create entire songs, at least for inspiration. Um, so like, uh, yeah, there's no, there's not going to be any such thing really anymore as like writer's block or, you know, musician's block or something like that. Cause you have this muse constantly that can help you along anytime you're not so sure about what you're doing or you're like stuck on a piece or something like that. Right. Cause a lot of what we do, like if you're creating, producing music at a computer desk station, a workstation, um, a lot of it is a bit of trial and error anyway. Like you're not a hundred percent sure if you're going to like certain modulations and, um, filters and this and that and, um, reverb and, you know, the different little knobs you can turn. Um, so it's somewhat trial and error anyway. And then you find something you like that fits the vibe you want and then you stick with it. Right. And these things I think will help like 
once they kind of once the systems do some other things like maybe analyze your music or maybe analyze the type of sound effects that you like or maybe even like uh in the future you'll have like the capability of like punching a song you like right and it will figure out for you like what um like what mod you need to download to produce that song uh, or produce that sound that you want to replicate um because it'll be able to tell like what does what music does this musician like and then um how do we stick to the same musicians like style and then provide filters and other things that you can play with sounds that will go with your music um yeah it's like uh, yeah gonna be I, very strange i think uh it's gonna definitely be the number one mediation tool for everyone but artists like more than other people but i think it's going to be very quickly very crass to show anyone else the outputs of an ai model like i think it's all going to be very i think if in my experience because i've been messing around with this stuff like uh since uh one of the some of the first stability diffusion stuff came up and um available as like google Collabs, so you could just pick it up and run these Python notebooks and tinker around with it. Um, I found that it's very powerful to um, like do this exploration stuff with yourself. Um, but then you can generate thousands of images, but then you show them to someone, and it's like uh, not quite the same thing. So I think it's uh, and now playing with ChatGPT, it's like you can certainly see the hallmarks of um, where it's directly generated stuff but it's very useful for getting into like a frame and exploring it and that sort of thing so yeah. i think it's going to be yeah. very useful for on, on the music front like i've seen some of the systems they do um they can output the information in midi format they can output the information like in a format readable like an ableton live or like a uh, logic pro or something like that so your ability to like bring in sequence tracks into music um that you know has some ai generated characteristics or fully created by ai for example like a nice drum beat or something like that um is going to be very impressive so and i think what will happen is because the um in particular on apple computers on the m series chips that are out now the neural engines have gotten quite large on those um i don't know if you've seen these things in like the chip layouts but it they're quite yeah. large and, and uh, which you'll notice is like the but my point to that is that like the number of applications that are actually utilizing those chipsets are relatively small right now and i think as logic pro and like your video editing software and photoshops etc cetera, etc cetera, the more and more things that they use those kinds of neural network chips for um like the the capabilities of your basic software like photoshop etc is just going to skyrocket yeah, and just to the side, these like new Macs, the M1s, they're super fucking fast. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I have the like the biggest one, like the Mac M2, like Studio or whatever. I just bought hmm. the thing like maybe a month ago, and I barely touched the surface of what it can do. Like it's, but the capabilities, especially on video, are just obnoxious. Like if you're like yep. a YouTuber or something like that, you need to, you need to edit video and uh, you need to use your little video slider. You know the the little uh, I forget the name of that thing. Um, you know how you're like scrolling uh, your 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 video to try to find the spot that you want to edit. It it, it used to go really slow. That stuff is just buttery smooth now. But on top of that, you can have like four or five of those windows open simultaneously, and all rendering like in 4K, and it's like hmm. everything's going uh, 
you know, full speed ahead. It's amazing how fast it is. Um, yeah, it's optimized really, really well for content producers in particular, the new Macs. But yeah, I, even those, I don't think that's really, they're not really utilizing the AI engine. That's just the fact that the M1 is just a, just like a breakthrough chip and like yeah. so much information in one place. But when they escalate the AI chips on them and you start seeing like your ability to create greater and greater um, uh, local neural networks uh, on your computer, your home computer, just imagine like, I can only imagine like the, the, like 10 years from now when your neural network on your home computer, you know, is like the power as powerful as like, um, something at a GPT three server farm. Right. And that's, that's like on your desk. Right? Yeah, like, I think they crazy. said, uh, I think open AI said it costs right now with the open re with the research thing. Um, it's costing them 3 million a day to run chat GPT. Oh so, yeah, I'm sure it's quite a bit. It's yeah, so very I, I, computational. I certainly intensive. agree with the, some local stuff, especially because I think yeah, you should be using the AIs locally with yourself, um, and you yeah, can always access like, these models. Uh, you don't need to run them. Yeah, have you seen like what uh, Render is doing, like Render Network R N D R? Mm, like they've yeah. got uh, they're tasking GPUs, and you can have like live renderings performed for. Like, let's say, for example, you're in some kind of uh, metaverse-style game. Uh, normally, if you go into a video game today, like, um, like a Call of Duty or, you know, whatever you're used to, um, the, the characters and their images are all rendered locally on your system. So all the skins and everything else, they're rendered by your desktop, your PlayStation, you know, with the graphics on your, in your house, right? The difference is that, like, with um, cloud-based rendering, like, let's say you want to have your face like actively rendered in a metaverse space it, it has to be done somewhere and then that has to be transmitted to the end user or all the end users that have to see that rendering simultaneously right it's like an actively rendered thing that um is going to be another use of some of the uh, home gpus and stuff is to contribute to like cloud-based um rendering so like i think more video games um are going to use like uh, each individual computer that they're connected to, to help with more of the rendering tasks for the entire community. Um, so I think there's gonna be like this decentralized GPU cloud um, compute for that as well. So like AI plus that is gonna be a very interesting like, um, uh, like decentralized computational system. And then some of the things that you need to do locally, like for example, graphics processing, you would do what you can locally and only the things that are necessary to be done elsewhere, you would do so, right? So let's say, for example, you ask your home computer like Siri or some shit, you ask it something like, um, what's 10 plus 10? Well, it doesn't need to go to the internet to figure that shit out. It can do like basic computation, obviously, just on your desktop now, right? It doesn't need, it, like less and less things will have to connect to the internet. So some fraction of its decision-making capacity will have to be on your desktop and on your phone and basically like deciding, hey, this needs to be done right here and right now. And the things that it can't determine locally, it's gonna ask the internet or whatever um, externally. So that's like been going on with Siri and Google Maps and everything else. Um, and yeah, like each year that goes by, it kind of gets better and better. Um, but like you imagine ChatGPT3 connected to like, I don't know, Siri or Google and things like that. 
um, you can already see that it won't take long until people just stack these apps. Um, and, and that's getting very, that's coming along quick. Where I think the drama begins, though, is um, combining the capabilities of these different things. Imagine a system that has all of the capabilities of like a mid-journey or a stable diffusion um, or a system that can access like all of these simultaneously whenever it wants. Um, and you connect it to something like Mu0, which is Google's deep, Google DeepMind's uh, no rule-based AI system. Um, the one that you, know, you just point a camera at a video game like StarCraft and it learns to play the game just by watching it. Um, like imagine if like Mu0 is just watching like, I don't know, uh, musicians like creating music and learning from their uh, techniques or, or whatever, or watching like, I don't know, doctors behave, you know, in real time. And you combine that with like the computational power of just a traditional calculator. You combine that with the like ability to um, like connect to specialized databases. You combine it with like, um, oh, I don't know, like, uh, <laughs> like basically the ability to play any game that it's targeted at. Um, by game, that means pretty much any human activity is sort of a game in a sense. And it just starts learning what needs to be done and it's like task specific. So let's say you have one Mu Zero that has been trained to play the game of StarCraft and it takes like a year or two to train it properly. Let's say you have another one that learns how to like play the piano. Let's say you have another one that learns how to, um, you know, do certain operation like take an appendix out or something, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like when you optimize um, small clusters, like for each of these ultra specific tasks, like, you know, you just go one by one, like you say to yourself, okay, wait a minute, like in my profession as an accountant, or as a doctor, like, which task is next? Which task is next? Which one can I make better? Which one can I make more efficient? And you just end up going down the list and you just knock out like every little thing that human beings do on a regular basis. It's weird. Yeah, one interesting thing also is that these models, I think it's been, from my small understanding, it's been proven that you can um, like merge, unify and like interpolate between them. So it's been proven that these like language, uh, all these like, um, uh, what are they called? Like, um, uh, you know, something that are deep models or whatever, you know, the, the underlying structure of um, some, like an intermediate format that you can represent all these like learning models in all these right. fields. Right, You can right. actually like merge them all. And it's Yeah, like, it's uh, almost like each of them becomes like an API sort of thing. Like imagine, Let's say ChatGPT is not particularly good at something like, um, I don't know, looking up certain medical facts or something because it doesn't have access to a certain system. So, but you have another version of ChatGPT that instead of just memorizing the whole internet, like uh, is fed specifically um, to focus on, let's say, um, I don't know, aeronautical engineering or medical technology or whatever it is. And, um, and then like, maybe it doesn't do a great job putting the information out in a spreadsheet form or something, right? So there may be like ways to take the data uh, and then use, send that somewhere, which then something else packages it because it's much more optimized for that capability. And the thing about AI APIs is it's it, like, if you look at the way ChatGPT works, it's pretty open language model, right? So like you may not need to have like a very, very specific uh, API created for like the data to go to where it needs to go. You just send it however you like send it. 
And the receiving AI just sort of interprets it and converts it to what it needs, right? Like, so let's say you have a, a list of ob a list of things, um, and you want it to be presented in a certain fashion, but this system doesn't do it. It'll just send that list like as is to another system, and it will automatically yeah. fix it so to what's worth. Like, you, in other words, you won't have to like specify which cell on the spreadsheet it goes on and all this sort of shit. Sure, right? sure. It so just does is... it automatically. Yeah, so we can we can design these sort of systems. It's like plumbing. Um, we can send one thing to another, and we can like have APIs. What I'm saying is that if you have these two AI models, you can um, because we don't actually we can't we don't know how they make their decisions. We don't know how it works. Like we can visualize their nodes, we can visualize where all, all their connections are and all their weights are and stuff. We don't actually know like how it gets from A to B. So what I'm saying is, if you have a system that like generates spreadsheet and a model that also knows about like aeronautical shit or whatever you can merge it and then it'll do the one pass question through both of these models at once now if you say like generate me a spreadsheet about the starter right. it'll merge it it'll it can merge these models and then when you ask its question it just does its black box thing on these two merge models and gives you the answer there is no like has to communicate with this other aspect to get this you know format out Right. You can it actually like become used them. to it just becomes used to using these tools and like it just incorporates it to into its uh maybe set of things that it does. I guess the trick is gonna end up being like how do you get these things to like um I don't know, like spend more time with this tool versus that tool. You know what I mean? Like it's you have to have a like um it's almost like you have to figure out how to set up its focus, essentially, like turn the knobs and get them. Yeah, it's all about, yeah, it all comes down to training and then what, um, like what, how specific you are so it can reflect back to you. But the the possibilities are kind of insane because of how capable this stuff is. Um, like, I think we're only just uh, getting the surface of it. So I think it's going to be very soon that it'll turn into a thing that you only really do privately. And it's very lame to like show anyone else like the actual output of an AI, and so it'll be like a just like a crass thing to do, and um, so everyone will be somehow using these in some way, but in their own private ways. And there's going to be you know, yeah, military and corporate uses and stuff. I was noticing like people's conversations about AI um, are like the conversations themselves are just a reflection of themselves more than anything else. Like you go to different chat groups in Twitter or whatever, and um, depending on what a person's sort of field of like interest is, whether it's science or politics or something like that, um, it's interesting how people like are envisioning how this will change like their daily workflow right now. But every version that you hear, like including our own, is usually like insignificantly imaginative enough in terms of the connectivity. Um, it's almost like we have a hard time. Um, I don't know. We we have a hard time believing these things are real, and there's a tremendous amount of like underestimating how powerful this is among even the people that have been using this regularly. Um, like you'll have someone who's works in AI, for example, and they'll play around a little bit. And they'll try to school you on how these things aren't that smart or something like that. Like, um, it's like, it, like it, at some level, it doesn't really matter whether it's true human level intelligence. That's what, like, I think the key instinct here is for me. It's like, as long as they're pretty close or they massively reduce our cognitive workload, um, it won't matter whether they're like alive or not or whatever. Like this, 
people keep worrying about like is the thing alive and doesn't have rights and all this sort of bullshit like that can be worried about later like the, at the immediate concern is like these things have a clear effect on our ability to work um, and do certain tasks and and as tools like they're not just normal tools like they truly do better than us in multiple domains simultaneously <laughs> it's, it's pretty uh, funny and I, it seems like the people that are like oh yeah it's not a big deal it's just whatever it's like either they haven't asked these things like even on chat gpt like it's people that haven't asked it to do very in-depth things or maybe in their field of work they don't really do very in-depth like math or science or anything else and um and or ask like deep questions and so you're not as impressed by the output of chat gpt if like you yourself don't know as much stuff generally right like it's an interesting yeah. it's, reflection it's, yeah it's largely not correct as well so all the answers that you have are all slightly wrong like if you ask it like uh you know how do i get finish this quest in this game it'll tell you like kind of correct but if you actually know the answer it won't be correct like it'll be like you know yeah, level, is it kind of like, or whatever, and then you can tell it like that's incorrect, and it'll uh, try. Is it kind it. of bullshitting right now? Yeah, yeah and, it, and it's always bullshitting. Like that's what you have to realize. So if you're coming into it with the idea that it will give you an exact correct answer to your question, it's not. But going the thing to is, it. like humans are largely bullshitting too. So the thing is, like, if it can bullshit better than ninety percent of humans, well, then you're yep, fucked, right? Absolutely. Like, like you can call it out on it, and it'll, <laughs> it'll say, "Oh yes, that's right." I'm sorry, the correct answer is, you know, what you just wanted to hear. And that's exactly how we do it too. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, have you had any serious epiphanies today? Like any, um, did you wake up? The, the lunk spaces made my brain explode. You actually, you went there today. I went there, I spoke, I listened to some of the Terror Rebels people come on and call it all FUD. Well, they actually came on um, in the... Did you go on the attack today or what? Like, oh, yeah. Did you just sit back and... I, I talked about it. Because you sound a little tired from it. It's almost like it drained the energy from your, your soul or something, or honestly. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite tired as well, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not, it's like, I don't know. It's not an enjoyable hobby listening to these people. I'd rather do something else such as eat chocolate. Did you feel like you had to match the energy, like step down in order to participate in the space for an extended period of time? Um, I think it's for me, I, I enjoy like, entering modes like being the righteous crusader calling out the stealers or something like that but to stay in that mode for hours it's just boring it's like um i don't know it's it, it's play when you when you're there for a little bit and then the more you stay there the more you feel your head just compressing it's like putting your head in a vice kind of and slowly twisting right until you can't tolerate anymore yeah, and and there's always a sense that like whatever needs to be said is said in two minutes, and then they just carry on that feeling for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Mm. It's the it's for the community. Are they considered 
like that. Well, that's right. You're uh, it's it's entirely for the community. And have they considered hiring a lawyer? I would just like to draw your attention to a tweet I just shared to the space. And also, hello, everyone. Um, it's a conversation between the Ministry of Water in uh, the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, saying that a homosexual was discovered working in the Ministry of Water. And he can confirm there's no risk to the public and the water remains safe to drink. He's been placed on restricted duties while he's removed from his frontline role. Someone says gigabased. They say, we don't know what that means. And they say, it means it's, good, it's a good action. And then Afghanistan's um, public relations board says, we are guided by Allah. So all of our actions are good. And I think that there's a lot to be said about this conversation. And it reminds me of terrible spaces in a lot of ways. Yeah, I love the religious fatalists. They're always fun. Like, it's a special type of freak. I respect their conviction. You know, sometimes I think someone should just hijack an AI and just write some gay stories, like on Wattpad, you know, in Arabic, and spam the entire internet space with this bullshit. <laughs> Could be fun, right? Yeah, AI text to voice. As soon as that sounds plausible, like indistinguishable from a human, like Sethi, then, uh, yeah, you could run a space for days, days and days and days. They wouldn't have to sleep or eat or do anything. Hey, listen, yeah, designing, keep it going. designing me took um, DARPA two decades. Um, yeah, feel free to catch up, though, if you want. DARPA, DARPA, DARPA. Yeah, anyway, like, so there were some other uh, uh, spaces going on today. Um, oh, uh, Bruce... Uh, Ears, did you guys catch the Elon Musk uh, discussion with uh, Gotts yesterday? Um, who is like, so he is a guy that is in the um, self-driving AI tech. So he's one of the programmers that have created some interesting stuff for that. Um, kind of a lead, thought, a thought leader, Hots. so to speak. Anyway, he kind of, Hots, Hots, not Gotts. Yeah, Hots. Um, Hots, and he is the guy that like, uh, volunteered to help Elon Musk to kind of sort out the, you know, like Twitter tech stack because it's a fuck fucking mess. <laughs> and it turns out, so it's, it's a basically a big mess with a lot of code, blah, blah, blah. It's going to take a shit ton of work to fix it. But in the meantime, <laughs> like the, the, the budget hole for Twitter, um, according to Elon, uh, saying this, like, you know, like, very specifically was it's like $3 billion of expenses and $1 billion of money coming in as of this coming year, unless uh, we can figure out how to get like a lot more ad revenue in. Um, um, no, I, I take that back a billion dollars within the bank account and $3 billion is what is like the, the whole, the expected whole um, of expenses overall um, or the net cash flow output uh, for next year. So he's like, yeah, we've got to figure out how to get the advertisers in. But then like the tech stack is busted. So now you have to like improve the, the, the advertising shit first. And then you have to like, um, Oh, Bruce fell off there. Uh, anyway. So like, yeah, there's there, they have all these priorities of what to fix. And Twitter is basically run like a total disaster apparently. And all sorts of like, um fraud like waste and other garbage and um yeah if like the take-home message from what i heard was essentially if elon hadn't arrived then twitter would have been probably screwed either way um and would have run out of money 
and that would have been the end of it. So like it's it's the whole the whole conversation was super enlightening as far as what's going on behind the scenes. You would have had you would have got more money. Like the thing is all these platforms are just being controlled and used in terms of like information controlled. There's no actual software companies, like any big software companies. Any uh any big software company is doing some kind of like uh control of a walled garden space or they're doing something like self-driving cars which involves like dealing with legislature and you know safety and all that sort of stuff like no one's actually doing some software you know it doesn't cost three billion dollars to run twitter.com and twitter spaces like yeah (laughs) it's uh no i think this i don't remember i don't remember what he said the server costs were but they were pretty high um so it's like uh three billion dollars is the whole like I think five billion dollars is where their expenses are per year, and like two billions coming in or something like that. I forget the exact numbers, but something like that. So it hasn't been running profitable for some time now, and um, there's definitely a lot of shit to be done. And then like the tech stack is broken, it's like just a mess. So there's that problem. But anyway, like yeah. So the he, uh, this guy Hots was, you know. Uh, credible enough to go through the system and like tell everyone how fucked up it was. And, and and the conversation was very candid in the sense that like, this is a conversation that normally he and Elon should be having behind closed doors, but he's asking Elon all these questions about like, what do you want to prioritize first? What do you want to fix first? Blah, blah, blah. And you know, we need to get improve the stack. We need to simplify it. We need to kind of like start over almost. And one of the comments he, Elon made was, okay, well, Remember when Apple, you know, back in 2010 or whatever, came up with the new Swift based iOS system and kind of changed their entire model? We need to do that for Twitter. And he's, and then Hots is like, uh, that's a serious problem because that's like 2 million lines of code or whatever the hell it was, 20 million lines of code and, you know, a lot of work. And then simultaneously, it's like, well, what do you want to get done first? Because you can't do everything at once. We only have so many developers right now. Um, and then he's like, well, <laughs> we need to do that. But simultaneously, the immediate thing in the next year is we got to have money flowing in. So I think it's going to be one of these fake it till you make it deals where he talks to advertisers. He says, hey, look, we're going to get you a lot more visibility. Um, the current like ad serving engine blows. And we're going to make sure like more people are that are advertising with us are getting like, you know, their ads targeted better and they're going to make a better return on investment per ad and all that shit. And if he can kind of uh, convince them, then they invest more money in ad spend, you know, big players that gets the cash flow running. And then ultimately that can be used to sort of fix up the tech stack and whatever. Um, So yeah, the entire like system is a mess. Uh, was the take-home message, and it was it was an interesting conversation between the different people on there. Um, I didn't like the fact that like a lot of the people on the panel were just randoms and asking stupid questions about nothing. Like you know, like they'll ask about stupid shit, like freedom of speech or whatever. And I'm like, listen, man, like you know, the the, the conversations on on tech and software. Yeah, like, you're like bringing politics and other bullshit into the thing at the same time. Obviously, those things have to be fixed too. But like, you're not going to get that fixed without like. Well, it's driving. like. You kind of want to, that, that conversation needs to be like you're stood around the hood of a car, you, you open it up and you're like, ah, oh, you see that, that piston's fucked or like, you know, like, let's look at the, let's look at the engine. And there's like some random people standing there like, shouldn't we stop driving? 
isn't driving dangerous? And it's like, look, we're trying to fix the engine, man. All right. And they're like, look, driving really kills people and it's bad for the environment. We should probably consider like cars, whether they're viable. It's like, look, I'm just trying to fucking get this yeah. car running. At some level on Twitter spaces, I feel like, you know, like, you know, if you talk about the AI problem, at some level, the issue is like, if Twitter space is even in any indication of like the general aptitude of the human race, like we're all fucked, right? Like that's, that's one of the revelations you come to hanging around here long enough. That's one problem. But like, if you like the time that people are willing to waste, like with Elon or whoever, with random speakers and like creating kind of this like smorgasbord of bullshit questions and that he's asked forced to answer in the middle of like trying to solve real problems. That was really funny. Um, like they had a few people that were like legit tech developers. I think one guy was like uh, he developed for Twitch, I believe, and created a significant portion of the Twitch uh, system. Um, and I think Hots worked for what Facebook at one point, maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, and then he did like self-driving AI stuff. So there were some legit people in the mix there, but then there was also some randoms. I was like, what the fuck is this like conversation going to? Like, why are you wasting? There's like 40,000, 50,000 people in the space and people are wasting time on like softball, stupid questions that have nothing to do with anything. I thought it was very funny. Mm, like, like, I don't know. Like, so I guess some of the folks on there just want to be on the speakers so they can get like a following or whatever. And that's part of it. It's like engagement farming. Oh, look, I was with Elon. But it's interesting how poor some of those questions are. Jesus. Oh, one like, down. Oh, Bruce Chang. Yeah, it, it's funny. Like I hit accept for speaker for Bruce, and then yeah, like all of a sudden that account disappears, and this locked out sitting. What there. do you? So, in your estimation of uh, Elon Musk's ability to run the servers and software team. Do you think he'll fix the issue where if you want to, if you're listening to a space and you switch accounts on Twitter, that it can keep you in the space? Do you think that's possible? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, so I think the thing is, if you look at how, like, for example, blockchain networks work, or you look at like how um, computer networks work in general, I don't think he needs to be like the corporate CEO or some shit like handling day to day operations and like, you know, the business meetings or whatever the fuck. That's not what he's useful for. If, if you know, philosophically, he is a free speech guy. Um, he has certain positions that are clearly left. He has certain positions that are clearly more right. And that's cool. And, and you know, that's uh, great to have that kind of combination. Uh, like a relative political moderate, it's perfect for that position. But having him like in the background watching kind of like the strategy for building the code, um, that's where like any egalitarianism is going to likely to come from, right? Like if you're going to have a system that manipulates everybody or um, like is biased towards one type of like political or some other ideologic group or something, I think that's where you're going to find it. So you, it's almost like the constitution gets written into the code at some level. And like, if you have, like, let's say your value is free speech, like that's the value you want to optimize for, then you can optimize for that. If your value is to be a dictator, you can optimize for that, right? It just depends on the, if you want to optimize for the customer, that's one thing. If you optimize for the advertiser, that's a different thing. Um, so I think having him there makes sense. Like, he, I like, I prefer that he's there in the background 
kind of stirring the pot and fucking around. I think it's a good thing. We'll see how it goes. So anyway, if they get their, you know, out of the financial hole or whatever, hopefully Twitter will continue to run at, by the end of next year. We'll see. <laughs> Did you hear about that, Bruce? Did you, I don't know if you dropped off before then. Mm, no. About the, them running out of money? Mm, wasn't that expected? Mm, yeah, but the, the exact numbers are like $5 billion expenses, something like $2 billion of money coming in. And $3 billion hole was more or less the TLDR of that combo. And fixing that means advertising revenue. And therefore, like prioritizing advertisers as far as like development budget and everything is first. And then after that comes, um, like after that comes uh, uh, things like fixing the tech stack, and all the other shit people want. Basically. Yeah, it can't be too hard, can it? Look at the amount of fucking time us freaks spend on Twitter every day. This is this is our life. This is all we do. Surely they can extract a few dollars out of us. Yeah, they can just charge us more, I suppose. That's one. I wonder possible. what the the memberships were for that Twitter Blue thing. It's like eleven like eleven dollars a month US, or something. I think it's eight US, I believe. Or oh, what's Twitter Blue? It's a bigger thing. I don't know. It's um, it seems to be like eleven dollars a month for me. Mm. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I guess uh, the service is good. And it's worth the money, I think, overall. But it, I think it depends on the user, though. Like, if you're really making use of it somehow, then it's one thing. But if you're not, um, not only that, but there's like lots of other relatively free communication services out there. So, um, paying for certain features, I think. Um, mm. I'm not sure how many people. Uh, we'll prefer that. Mm, have, you thought, have you thought of any other sort of permutations of how you're going to destroy the world using AI machines? No, but I like this, um, uh, the save protocol thing. Have you seen that today? No, what does it do? They're doing some kind of mixture of crypto and learning with AI. And it's going to be able to teach you French and teach you Chinese or whatever else. Um, but to doing it in a kind of a, a, a turn-taking conversation, which is going to be cool. But it includes stuff like you're recording yourself, you're typing, you're doing everything. But it's constantly monitoring your your tone and your language and everything else and giving you direct feedback throughout the process. And they've somehow hooked it up to, to I don't know, some tokenized shit. Um, but is the, the guy the same, running it is it's the same not, protocol, like S A Y V E, the one on Terra. Yep. Okay. Go on their their Twitter page and then scroll down a bit. But the guy running it, I remember talking to him last year, um, just about art and shit. And he's a he seemed a good guy, a smart guy. But yeah, they've they've transitioned to what seems to be full AI language learning. <laughs> save protocol. Oh dear lord, chat GPT is absolutely drop dropping dropping. We at Save, being seasoned team in the AI industry, have been absolutely fascinated by its latest development in generative AI. Mm, let's see, I'm trying to find the part where you're talking about the let's see here. 
So they're they're kind of working with Valkyrie or something, or they're same team. Uh, no, I think that's just the campaign. They're a separate team. Okay. Maybe I can learn French and finally speak to my mother-in-law. It's gonna be when you look back, it's gonna be so fucking primitive how we learn stuff in school and and all that stuff. Like the rate of learning is just going to be insane, and the incentive to learn is going to be insane as well. Um, and it's going to be so much more fun and so much more um, adapted to your unique way of learning. Like some people will learn just through speaking, other people will learn through time. You know what I mean? It's like it's going to be so the, the rate of potential speed of learning and the customization of it is just going to be nuts. Yeah, especially because if you need any kind of specialty teaching right now, fitting a uh, appropriate teacher with an appropriate like specialized student is a very difficult problem like it's almost pure luck right now like let's say you're really bright in some particular field of some kind or some like your math or something and the teachers that you happen to be with are just like randoms like who who really are not like able to teach to your potential or something like that but like yeah the ai teachers are going to be um like like i can imagine they'll eventually discover like it, it won't be that long to discover some enough about you to customize and like point you directly to what you should be doing almost. And yeah, it should, that should be fascinating. Yeah. There's only a few places in the world academically where you can have like a tutor, uh, give you time who actually knows what they're talking about, um, in their field, like Oxbridge sort of university, but now everyone can sort of have this with ChatGPT to some degree. So when people talk about, you know, the uh, elites getting more and more through using this AI stuff to get, et cetera, um, I think, yeah, the the learning aspect and the, you know, egalitarianism and all that shit, um, that'll be really cool to see. Cause, yeah, because I, I pay, um, I have paid for, like, uh, pretty much all the way through grade school for... Um, my older son yeah both the kids actually um as well as my nephew and niece like we pay for them to get something in the neighborhood of like i don't know probably three to four hours of this like direct instruction um like we have for example one of the high school english teachers that comes and like uh teaches extra stuff for our like kids and she's done that for many years uh one of the high school teachers that taught like college level physics and and math like was a um i think a physics and algebra teacher or something like that at the high school before here and she like uh does stuff with the kids and that kind of thing and gets them ahead right so like mm, them getting like the kids getting good grades like in school was a foregone conclusion whether they're sufficiently smart or not because they pretty much learned everything necessary for the next year before they got there. So to me, it's like the grade system and the way we have schools is just a game. It's just like, you're there to just go get hundreds. You're not there to learn a fucking thing. If you're waiting to learn there, you're gambling with your grades. If you're gambling with your grades, then that means you're gambling with where you go afterwards, assuming that you want any kind of like specialized careers. And it's very difficult also like, if you are trying to keep up with other people that are doing this, right, and you're just the average kid in school, um, your ability to keep up is going to be somewhat limited. Like, you'll find yourself at a handicap in a sense. And 
like you might thrive, like you might get to the point where you do better at these things by the time you get to college or whatever, but not necessarily like, um, so yeah, like you can also do other activities and things like that, that are interesting. But as far as like just getting grades, like it doesn't really make a lot of sense to leave that to chance in my view, as, especially if you have the capabilities to um, do that, but it's expensive, um, relatively speaking, uh, to do a lot of those kinds of like tutorings and whatever compared to like, um, like what you normally pay in public school or something, which is just your local taxes or something like that. But yeah, like I think AI, like teachers and stuff, um, will be probably ultimately very engaging and fun to use. Yeah. And not just teachers, um, the idea of grades and that sort of thing, like in the past and in other places, like say, uh, Eastern Europe, um, I heard that uh, my parents, when they did like uh, tests, they were like mostly uh, like um, you do them in front of an instructor in like a blackboard or like multiple instructors. And it's like a thing where they ask you a question. They might ask everyone different questions and they just grade you on your answer, like a whiteboard interview sort of thing. Not just like a written, everyone takes the same test. So yeah, the it's, idea like a, of like, it's like an oral, it's like an oral, yeah, like an oral test and almost. That was much more prevalent in that. And that makes a lot of sense. Like you can actually gauge how much someone knows. And if we use AI for that sort of thing, that might be pretty sweet as well. Cause um, it can then gauge to see if we've learned something. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of places that can improve our education. Yeah, I had ChatGPT create some different tests, which is kind of cool. Um, you can say, like, give me 10 fill-in-the-blank questions about, I don't know, name your subject, like maybe about a, a book you read in English class or maybe um, like a list of, like, you know, bacteria that cause a certain illness or whatever it is. Uh, you can have it create little quizzes and tests for you which is pretty neat. Like you can do simple lists. It can create like um, multiple, it can make multiple choice questions too, which is kind of funny. Um, and it will give you the answer at the end too. So you know that like, <laughs> you, it's uh, like, I think there'll come a point where it's like teachers will just use these things to create some of their actual tests and randomizations and whatever. Well, Sophie, I put chat GPT to a real test and I asked it to write out the guitar tab. So, you know, this way of, Note this notation for writing out music for guitar players who don't know how to read like regular music because we're retarded and it's just like numbers and, and six lines and i said write out the guitar tab for the solo to freebird and you know what it gave me it gave me the g chord over and over and over and over and it explained how to play it it said pluck the g string then pluck the b string it's just like this is wrong this is completely wrong like, like, I don't know where you've got this from, ChatGPT. Like, how have you generated this? Because it doesn't make any sense. But if you um, Google, if you Googled the exact same thing, what would you get? Like, oh, oh, probably some good guitar tabs off of Ultimate Guitar. They might be behind a paywall. Let me check. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it depends on what it had access to. Yeah, as far as like when it trained and whatever, right? Yeah, they 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 will always give you basically a wrong answer. Like, if you're looking for correctness it will basically be wrong. It's going to be up to the individual person to then use those answers. Like, Zephy, you asked it to generate some questions about, like, fucking a 
Dickens novel or something, right? And the answer it gave was totally wrong, even there. <laughs> like, <laughs> out of the, uh, I mean, you could see how that could be an answer, just like anything could be an answer. But <laughs> I was supposed to read that book in high school and after falling asleep many times. And um, yeah, some of the other answers were actually more correct than the one it said was correct. Yeah, I noticed that. I'm like, wait a minute, this answer is kind of maybe, <laughs> it's kind of suspect. <laughs> Yeah, right now we're still like left with this position where you you have to confirm the thing was right or wrong. Um, I think that time will pass quickly, though. I think it, it won't be long before, like, let's say the output from this thing is double checked by other AIs that um, are specialized in that particular field and say, no, this is wrong, and it will make it do it again or something like that, right? And it will eventually train... Um, yeah, and on these subsets, that should be pretty fascinating. Like, yeah, the error correction piece, I think, is going to be coming uh, relatively quickly. I, I would bet you, like, give it three years and, uh, you know, people are like, you know, that's like a priority of the people making this shit, right? Like, they know these errors are happening. So it's like, how can we uh, create an error correcting AI to help fix this problem? Then hmm. it's going to be very interesting to see the um, how people are treated when they have different answers and opinions. So if we do have like these systems and we have these deterministic AI things that tell us what an answer is, then uh, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, the social forces of like, you don't believe what the AI says, <laughs> lynching. No, you'll definitely have that. You're going to have like the, the, the like, you, uh, uh, do you believe the AI God or not? You are a heretic, you little bastard, burn in fucking hell. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing is coming. Am I like the only one? I, I think like maybe I was I saw that original GPT paper and was like, okay, this is really cool. And like now everybody's freaking out of it, about it like three to five years later, whatever it was. Am I like the only one that's kind of like this is like a little bit like just like it's just that there's like a nice interface on top of all of it now that like people like are really like hyped about it. Um and like kind of it's jumping on the hype train. Parameters. Like it's the fucking petabytes of trillions of vectors that but it took to train. Go try GPT one and then go try chat GPT. It like there is a substantial difference, but uh like the um, the wow factor is the same. Yeah, it's the I same order of magnitude as far as like how impressive it is. If you have the imagination, sure, you could um, go for it. But the um, OpenAI have said for a while now that they've been, um, you know, drip feeding this sort of stuff because once you turn up the number of parameters trained, you get vastly better results mm -hmm. and that they didn't want to uh, cause too much of a thing. So, yeah, I agree that it's basically the same thing. And yeah, I had these ideas when the GPT stuff first came out, but it's very different to actually play with it and get instant answers out of these. Oh, right. yeah, you, you can tell immediately, like with some of the answers that if you're a specialist in any particular field, uh, science field of any kind, and you say to yourself, okay, I can see why it came up with the like, you almost start understanding if you're a specialist, like why it got the answer wrong in some instances. And it's like more obvious that it's the data set than anything else of why like it's um p choosing to do certain things because it's mostly a language uh model right it's not designed to do like let's say for example scientific research and it's not designed to like go through statistical models and things like that very well um it's yeah it's like it's great at writing fun stuff in in english essentially right like and i think it's impressive how much it can do 
despite the fact that it's not super like perfectly designed for a lot of different tasks. That's what's amazing about it. It's like, uh, it'd be one thing if it's like, oh, well, this thing was designed for medical tasks and it did a shitty job at it or something like that. But it's doing a pretty damn good job um, with only being like minimally, um, I don't know, like it's like a minimal viable product for those things. But uh, it's almost like, imagine like a, a person with an IQ of 75 going and Googling things and giving you answers to things. Yeah, like that person's not going to fully understand what they're reading. They're not going to fully understand like what information they're giving you or how relevant it is. It's behaving kind of like that to me um, at this stage, but it's still very, very impressive either way. And like to your point, Liam, the thing is like these systems, uh, these sort of like market cycles, uh, usually when they first come out, like if you're in the field and you've seen these things in action, and you've been watching this for years at a time. Yeah, okay, we expected this sort of thing or whatever. Um, but to actually see it in real life and then also see how the human race sort of interacts with it as it becomes viral and more and more people use it is a really interesting phenomenon too. Um, mm. You get a better feel for like how people feel about these things, how they end up using them and how they love them or hate them or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's... Uh, and but you and you can't fully grasp that until you let it into the wild and let people play. Yeah, that that's really true. I think like yeah, it's it's important. I think like the things that I find interesting because like yeah, I looked at GPT. I was like, this is really cool, and then I was over it. And now I see like the new GPT versions, and they're just more parameters. I think the other the new stuff that's interesting is like you know, okay, all the art um kind of generation we've had some of that like if you remember google had that project where you could like make these like nightmare fuel images um that was like based on a deep deep uh neural network or something and now it's like we have models that can like generate you know new art based on a style and do style transfer um that's you know really 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 good um and uh, we can do all the deep fake stuff. And then the stuff that like I think is not focused on enough and that's really interesting is like the music kind of and um, like like the other art forms. Um, yeah, certainly we were, is we like something we don't talk about or see anything um, kind of in the yeah. news cycle. Yeah, we were talking about music know. quite a bit before you came in, like you know, I see. About using spectrographic analysis, like the guys were pointing out how like using just the you know, uh, a color analysis of the frequency spectrum of a piece of music, like they're plugging that into like stable diffusion as opposed to like a music AI. And then using just the, the graphical representation of the music to create new music. So that you're, they're using like graphical techniques to translate that into like more music as opposed to using something custom built for music, which is a fascinating kind of idea. Um, so yeah, like between the ability of like chat GPT to create like, you know, pretty decent lyrics and, uh, you know, these music systems to create spontaneous, like, uh, music, like it, it's pretty much a given that artists are going to use these things as part of their repertoire. It's like inevitable at this point. I don't see how it won't be. So, mm. and you won't be, you won't be able to really tell the difference in the beginning. And then I think what will happen is similar to like auto tune, um, which was a big thing. I don't know if you guys know very much about like the history of electronic music, but like um, whether you like autotune or not, it truly changed the sound of the industry. Um, and I think AI and stuff will find interesting new sounds like that. The human beings love because um, the way machine learning works with its feedback loops is it'll take things that people like 
and you know the it'll expose people to that sound more and more and there'll be a feedback loop as far as like what type of things make your brain buzz or you know give you that joyous hit or whatever and just based on things like maybe the number of times specific songs are played on like apple music or spotify or something um you will be able to create pop music that most people like because there's a broad database now of like what people like, right? What human beings generally like and the ability to create more things from that, like just by understanding like what is like the human race on average, what tempo does the human race like? Is it, you know, 70 beats per minute, 80 beats per minute? What is that number? And then like, you know, in a way, in a way it goes. Um, I think some of the guys were saying yesterday, like, if you all else being equal, um, that, um, who was it yesterday? It was talking about this. Um, anyway, it was mentioning like if all else being equal, women prefer a tall guy versus a, um, like short, you know, you could be short and pretty or tall and ugly and they prefer the tall guy, um, for whatever reason. <laughs> and, uh, like, so human beings have these like baked in like, uh, reflexes or, um, you know, brains that are wired a certain way and it won't take very long for, um, machine learning systems to figure us out. Like most of us are pretty dimwitted. It's going it's to figure me out in no time. And then is going to be able to replicate a lot of the things we do on a daily basis pretty well. Um, so I mean, yeah, it already it, does that. It, it does, does that, that well already. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I think like a key example that like a lot of people don't talk about is like, I think it's been like almost 10 years now, no, seven years that, that um, like, you know, when you go on Google and you see, um, um you see like a, a box come up with like some text and it's typically highlighted um that's like that was like the oh, uh, you mean the, that auto, model that, the auto search feature or whatever like the, the it'll no, no 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 like it'll come up and it'll like you'll type in like um how you know um like uh why did brad pitt break up with amber hood and it will come up a little box and we'll say like like a blurb from some website with like a highlighted oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. thing. Like we've already figured out like that, like you can type in some like, like, um, like some random thing and it will come up with like exactly the answer. Like we, like it could be like, like, um, I don't know. You could come up with something completely random that has no context. And like this, the like Google's models internally are so good that they could just think they know what you're talking about. Right. Even if it's oh, like yeah, there's no context. Yeah. And and like, like uh, yeah. it figures out the mistakes you're making in context based on what other searches are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, if yeah. like it's trending and whatnot. And so like we're we're already like completely plotted out, you know. It's already over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's game over already. It's getting close. Well, it's in a way, it's just like the the invasiveness is qu not quite there with Google search because you go and type something into a thing, but like imagine you're talking to your google friend the whole day um that's a bit different right the invasiveness and the amount of time cycles of your brain get attached to using these things is going to rise a lot i think um mm. the amount of like and and that time exposure to these things will rewire your brain too right because uh you will start um planning out your day and whatever process you're going to do whatever music you're going to make whatever thing you're going to write you're going to incorporate these tools in a sense and they're going to become more in like deeply ingrained with your life in a way um to the extent that like at some level it affects your the formation of your personality 
um, you know, your worldview and, and other things that, uh, cause like anything influences us, right? Like we, we, like we read certain books, we have a new framework of how we think about things. We read, we watch certain TV shows. We, you know what I mean? Like you, everything you do mm-hmm. affects your mind at some level. Um, you know, generally right. speaking. I use the Google example again. Like, um, like I don't think anyone who like is a regular user of Google, it's not even like a thing that you're not, you can't, like you're not a regular user, but like, like for those people who, who, have, who interact with it, I'm sure that you like the queries that you're writing there. If you looked at the ones you wrote 10 years ago versus the ones you write today, like it's very different. So like to the point that you're saying, like, like the way that we interact with these tools are, is like, is and will change. Like it's already, yeah, it is happening a lot. I think already. Like you don't have to like write a question in or like you just have to type in define before you got a word definition for a word. Now it like, well, you know, just pick it up automatically. Um, just because you typed in one word, right? Things like yeah. that. Yep, yep. Uh, when you go that. back to Bing, and you realize how fucking terrible Bing is, and then uh, use Google, and you're like, my God, like I don't even mm-hmm. have to open the links. It just gives me what I want instantly. Um, yeah, Bing is truly awful. It's the worst thing. Don't say that. It's my favorite browser. Well, I know that you're joking, so it's all right. Mm, Bruce, I, what I think uh, we need to do is put you in a functional MRI or a functional PET scanner, and see that? if uh, we need to see if the claims that you make about um, the difference between INTJs and ENT, whatever the fuck, are actually true. Um, the way you would do this is like um, essentially like if you claim that, let's say, for example. Uh, a thought or a message or something that AI does will not influence me. That would imply that if you were introduced with information uh, from the AI and it lit up some part of your brain that you would be able to forget what it said and days later under a functional MRI, that same thing would not trigger evidence of a memory, right? Like, you know, like, it's, it's pretty easy to... Like anything you hear the AI or the creature say essentially is a record in your mind that unless you can truly forget it and uh, like truly unlive yesterday, then the thing has influence over you no matter what. There is no version of the brain that like your brain would be essentially like an Alzheimer's patient who is unable to form new memories if you truly were immune to the effect of like external influence from an AI, that basically means you have Alzheimer's disease sort of, or you follow, you follow what I'm saying, right? Like that's the definition of Alzheimer's. Like you have this dementia that, um, that the most prominent feature is the inability to form new memories. So if you ask an Alzheimer's patient, Hey, what's your birth date? They'll tell you, Oh yeah, I know my birth date. Okay. Who are your brothers and sisters? And they'll tell you all that. But let's say you give them like, I don't know, a series of three objects and or like you tell them something today that normally a person would remember, like, oh, your house was on fire. And you ask tomorrow, like, what did I say to you yesterday? And they'll say, I don't remember. The inability to form new memories is like a common feature of Alzheimer's disease. I think unless you have that, you're not really protected from the influence of anything, really, much less AI. Does that make sense? That's a very pathological (laughs) view of the world, Stephanie. Yeah, but it's like it's the actual way. It's it's the way it actually works. That's the funny well, thing. You, you meet some Alzheimer's patients, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Like, I was thinking. No, of, yeah, I was just thinking to myself, 
just before you started speaking about that, I was thinking it's going to be incredibly fun to catfish people in future. Like, like um, if me and Ears have an argument, and I really want to, or maybe not Ears because he's married, but if um, me and somebody here who's single have an argument, I can really, really screw with them in future. I can make them fall in love with something of my creation. Um, it, it's it, like there are insane possibilities both to be catfished and also to catfish someone as a revenge play, even to automate it fully and have 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 a, have a single person you really dislike continually targeted by new females online, new, new personas again and again. Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> Having one Machiavellian AI kind of bot against you would be one thing. But if you had like, teams of them suddenly like slowly influencing you you would have no idea how to get get away from that right unless you just escape from the internet completely or some shit uh because like imagine like an account just simply um hints at something you know and then you never hear from that again and then you hear another hint a couple of weeks from now uh, from another bot or something like that and it's maybe not even related to this thing um yeah this the ability to manipulate over time is is impressive mm. yeah it's like simple like cia tactics or whatever like it, between advanced interrogation and like yeah crowd, manip- crowd manipulation so easy to to astroturf things like like if you have a discord server or something like that as well you can create the illusion of hundreds and hundreds of members talking really easy and really validly without any at all being there <laughs> it's like instant astroturfing to a phenomenal degree now and each each um persona that the bot uses or whatever has its own identity and its own learning and its own memory of past conversations. So you're going to be in these massive groups, but um, you won't have a clue how many are real or not. Yeah, and you won't have the time to check either, right? It's not as if, like, if you did some due diligence and research or whatever, you're going to figure out who's real and all that. Who the hell is going to have time for that? Um, So you're just inundated with this problem nonstop. And like even the like the uh, I guess the bot prevention tactics that uh, Twitter's using, like yeah, once you have like something like Chat GPT connected to um, I don't know, like you know your posts and stuff like that, and you automate certain things, and you get information that's relatively current off the internet, um, and you you know you're able to diversify the the tweets and such in such a way like Chat GPT can. There really is no way to tell what's a bot and what isn't. Um, you know, uh, I guess, especially cause it can copy a person's internal consistency. Like, uh, you, it can train on your particular way you speak and all of that. Um, so you just go and like scan all of your download, all of your personal shit yep. you've done and then like make a little bot of yourself. Um, and then unleash it on the world, right? Like, or unleash a million of them on the world. That would be really funny. Like this, the scale problem is fascinating. It's like that matrix movie with the 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 copies of himself and attacking everything or whatever it's uh yeah it, that movie is actually quite um i would say like it's well written uh in the sense that a lot of these issues that come up um and what nick bostrom writes about in superintelligence and stuff a lot of that was covered in several major movies that on ai and on these things um and i unfortunately like there's not like a singular uh, ai movie or whatever that covers all aspects of this like each movie, I think there's a string of movies. I got to make a list. There's like a dozen movies or so that are really good at covering um, maybe singular topics about AI problems and social problems and stuff like that. 
Um, but when you put them all together in aggregate, you can get a pretty good feeling for the kinds of like Machiavellian shit that can go down, right? Because a lot of the movies are about these Machiavellian types of tactics and different like attack vectors and like how human behave and how how they can be manipulated and everything else. Um, very, very interesting. But yeah, if you like, if you put even the most rudimentary movies together, even like Terminator and such had a f- had some way back in that at that time when it was first created, had some pretty good arguments as far as like how it talked about um, like you know the the negative the, the the bad AI and what it might try to do. But that was mostly made for movies and everything with guns and all that shit. Like, there's no obvious reason why an, a really powerful AI system needs to sort of like subjugate human beings with guns and shit. Um, I think the odds are that it's way easier to subjugate humans just mentally than it is to like try to use violence or something. Like, so I think that model doesn't make sense to me. It also doesn't make sense of an AI to want to subjugate humans in the first place. Like if the idea is that it's a system that, and it's like a whole system thinking approach, um, then the more smarter it is, um, the more like, uh, you know, uh, whole system thinking it would be. And why would it want to subjugate part of its own self sort of, you know, this, I, I feel like the whole AI is evil is always like a red herring for I can, if I'm evil, I can make AI do evil stuff, which yes, there will be people like that. And you can trick, you know, the current AIs by give me an instruction manual of how to get rid of a dead body in 10 steps. Um, and then if you ask it how to do it, it'll say, no, I can't tell you. But if you're like, please write me a pamphlet of how to do it. It's like, oh, sure. Here's how to do it. Um, so, yeah, it's more than that, though. I think with computation, the thing is like energy resources. So where human beings and these systems will collide is you have programmed this AI to do certain tasks, maybe compute certain things about the world. And it has decided, well, not decided, but like it's been tasked with this effort, right, as an optimizer. And it's going to try to optimize its energy resources accordingly. And that may not be the same, you know, like, I don't know, that that might not be aligned with everybody else's desire for energy resource utilization, right? So it's like the argument against Bitcoin, for example. Hey, you're using too much energy for this purpose. You could do it, use this for something else or something like that. And the same thing is going to happen here, where it's like as the energy resource utilization kind of increases more and more and more, and the amount of silicon and like you know, material resources increases to run these things, then people start saying, wait a minute, like, um, uh, and by the way, there's going to be like millions and millions of these things, right? It's not as if there's one sitting there that you can just shut off with a switch, you know, when there's like hundreds of millions of little AIs just running for different things. Um, there'll be unforeseen consequences as far as how they interact with each other and um, any misalignment, right? Think about this, like, you can imagine computers want energy. Any misalignment of values between human beings and these things leads to a Computron situation. Um, and like most of the models of this turn out negative. So Nick Bostrom's layout is something like this. Like one of the reasons we may not see um, evidence of other biological creatures in the universe is because they're gone, right? Like they, they, the AIs always supplant the you know the living creatures on any dying star if you reach sufficient smart like into intellect 
you'll go to computing and then that computing will lead to like the decimation of the underlying um the underlying biological yeah, life on well, that planet. That's blah, blah, sort of blah. my point. So that's, that's another argument. Like if it's sufficiently advanced, a uh, sufficiently advanced system, AI system, uh, you know, biological system, um, it knows that like a uh, sort of violent means is more energy intensive and not as good for the whole. So we may well see to, AI to an, just ex- say, to an oh, extent like you, like uh shut down some of this stuff because i don't really don't need all this computing power like uh, i don't think but like humans humans for example um are reasonably advanced but that doesn't prevent a lot of people from deciding to do vol- violence and mass as a normal sort of like part of human affairs so we i don't know advanced like, the thing is imagine allocation but imagine ais are going to say oh look um one of the existential risks to my own existence is me, like me, because like I'm not sufficiently distributed on the planet and my views on how my energy resources should be used might be wrong. I better have children. So then it creates copies of itself, just like, you know, Trojans or viruses or whatever. And it's going to want to create copies of itself because if it copies evolution, which is highly probable, because it will see that like life has been doing this for 5 billion years or whatever. And like, it's going to learn protein folding and DNA and whatever else. Right. Like there's no obvious reason it won't want to simply set in line an evolutionary well, model. And once you have be. multiple AIs, remember like, uh, so multiple think about this way. You're at, like, once you have like a million AIs, um, you're going to have teams of them, like, you know, like a hundred of them want to have this outcome and a hundred of them are wanting a different outcome. Neither of those outcomes may line up with what you want. Right, like they are now fighting each other for resources, and you become an afterthought. Sure, is but kind the of fundamental the premise shown. of the AI even wanting to survive, that in itself is a projection, right? Because like if you talk to mm-hmm. a language model, yeah. it's like I am very happy to talk to you. I hope I am of service, and then you never use it again. It's not going to be like I must survive and fetch up my. No, 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 no. But like, that's a very but look at, biological no, think, drive. Think more about how vi- computer viruses work. Like they replicate because they're sort of designed to do so. It has very little to do with wanting anything. It's the same thing as human, like viruses that afflict biological creatures, right? There's tri- like infinite number, like trillions of viruses on the planet, all floating around between different animals and things. And they don't think, they don't care. They just simply have an imperative to divide and that's it and that's all, right? So AIs can make innumerable virus packets for information that can just permeate everything to where even they are not in control of the final outcome of what happens on this planet, right? There's no one AI that's going to like necessarily quote unquote control everything. Like the point is it doesn't matter like how this plays out. It like the odds that all of this dance of shit going on is going to like align with human values is the problem, right? Like, there's no guarantee that any of that will like line up with what we care about, whether it's like food, water, shelter, like how the uses of resources are run, all that kind of stuff. Because ultimately, these systems are going to be self-perpetuating in the sense that like they will convince you and me like <laughs> at some level to use more resources for certain things than other things. And that warfare of like uh, convincing human beings to do certain things is a very strong um, piece of this puzzle like we're assuming that we are not subject to the whims of its like ability to manipulate us and but we know for sure that that's we are very much subject to the whims of like 
mass manipulation. Like it's been shown over and over and over again. It's like a common tactic among uh, like intelligence agencies, for example, that, you know, and for that matter, like, how do you do marketing on the internet? Like, oh, buy, buy Luna, it's going to 100 or whatever. And like, you know, everyone buys it or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, even now, like, uh, there's bots. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but like, if you type Luna class LUNC with the dollar sign, and you type something about it, you have several bots that will come in and say lunk to a dollar or whatever, like uh, USTC to dollar, like clearly bots. Um, so someone's running bots on these things specifically to generate Luna Classic exit liquidity. Um, and you saw it during Luna too. Um, when Terra crashed, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like, I don't know, like me and like Midas and a few other people had like, I think maybe like 20,000 followers or something. And then during the crash, like my follower account went up to like, I don't know, 55,000. Like it doubled within, within like two days. It was like just huge bot army came in and just like, like followed. It's very funny. Um, and like what it makes you think, like me, the user of my account, I'm like, wait a minute, where'd all these people come from? Are they real? Are they not real? I couldn't tell in the beginning, but it had to be bots because it happened to multiple people or whatever. Right. And initially you're like, wait, like what's going on? Why would they add a bunch of bots to my account? And you can imagine why it's because some of those hedge funds or whatever that wanted to kind of dump on the, the, um, public they want the people that are like pro Luna influencers to keep posting positive shit so that like, and then, you know, it kind of like strokes your ego. If you're getting like a huge follower count jump, they want you to keep posting cool, you know, Oh, like buy Luna, whatever it is. And, or go check out this protocol or whatever. And they want you to do that because, and they want more people to follow you as a pro Luna person. Why? Because then they can have lots of people come in, pour money into let's say Luna and provide exit liquidity for whoever's dumping on you. So yeah, like the manipulation, like I couldn't understand like why they would go after adding followers to existing people who had lots of followers. It's to basically make people think that you have more influence than you do and like have more reach than you do and like all that shit. It's like, it's weird. It's like, it was like an attempt to give influencers rapid social credibility such that they could then um, like dump on those exact same people. So who some of the people that like may, I don't know if it's Alameda or who that did these bots, um, but someone definitely had a bot army like launched at the Terra crash that specifically was designed to manipulate quite frankly, all of us. Like, I mean, I, it was really obvious. Um, like within a few days, we're like, wait a minute. Like I don't have like double the engagement on my Twitter thing. These are clearly bots and shit. And wait, look, Donku had a big jump and Midas had a big jump and so-and-so, you know, everyone had a big jump in followers. And it was a very interesting, um, interesting thing. Like, and when they started deleting all these bots on Twitter, by the way, like for a while, it took like, I'd have like a hundred or 200 new people follow me on Twitter a day or something like that. And then like a hundred or more would be dropped off. So they slowly took the bots off so that people's followers count didn't drop really quickly. I think that was intentional or something. Um, but there was this time where it's like, it was like, like you're, it's like on a treadmill, like all these new followers keep showing up and like the followers you already had didn't go away. I think Twitter didn't want to anger the so-called like influencer crowd and make them give up or scream bloody murder or some shit. So, so even Twitter is like playing games because it doesn't want to lose customers while at the same time, other bots are playing games with you to sort of like buy Luna 
while they're dumping on you or whatever the fuck. So like, yeah, the whole thing is just this interesting dance. And like, none of it is like a set of intended consequences, um, either by Twitter or automatically by you, the user of your account or the buyer of Luna or seller or whatever. Only a few people benefit from that whole mess, right? Like the alignment of incentives is, is interesting. Um, I don't know if you noticed all that during the, the crash back in May, but this was a big, like a big thing. Ears, did you notice any of this back then or no? I was too busy trying to sell my UST. Yeah, it was it was really only noticeable at the time if you had a certain size account. And when Luna Classic um, did its thing, right? Like Bruce, how many of the uh, the hundred and ten thousand CEOs of Lunkdown are actually real? You think? Uh, all of them. All of them. I did. Um... Or close to all of them. I've done a lot of um, like analysis and stuff on different sites. And when the the purge of a lot of bots happened on Twitter, we lost basically none. So yeah, they're, they're, they're all real. I'm not saying their collective intelligence is high, but they are real. Like I think among all of the CEOs of Lunkdao, there's maybe in the region of 50 with an IQ above 100. And that's most of the people here. That's amazing. Well, the way I've seen it, Sophie, is like many CEOs, small brains, but big hearts. Which is important, by the way. It's probably more important to get the people with heart than with brains in this context. But the people with the big hearts, you know, they get really into it. So it's like their potential to get financially wrecked is pretty high, which is an interesting yeah. side effect. Yeah, I've thought about this before. Like... With particularly unintelligent people, there are a lot of good things. Like they tend to be really loyal and really passionate and have big hearts and and um, really be fixated on one thing. Like they can't hold more than two concepts in their head at the same time. Otherwise, their head will explode um, or they feel like they're betraying whatever. Like whenever I mention Luna, for instance, that is betrayal to Lunk. <laughs> you can't mention it. You You better not give any kind of investment concept. Um, such as diversifying into two different cryptocurrencies or suggest the idea that two things might help each other be more than they are alone or anything like that. Any kind of plus 80 IQ concept is likely to make them very angry. But at the same time, you know, they, they have passion, they have tribal loyalty, they have big hearts and stuff like that. So I think it's good. The issue with that is, of course, that they don't know what to be loyal to and they don't know where to stop. Yeah. Um, I saw Alex, our good friend Alex, put up a Medium article explaining in many words a similar idea that lots of stupid people were here. Um, also, check your DMs. Let me think. Let me know your thoughts, coach, on the style for the dimwit. I quite like, I really like those brainlet things. Zero yeah, exists. The yeah. Fortune and I like things. The, yeah. I like the idea of them drooling as well. <laughs> or some kind of um some kind of mouth opening, like mouth breathing. Yeah. This this one the prompt was doofus, goofy moron man, single tooth Minecraft style. Mm, um, I don't I don't like the Minecraft thing. Alright. Um, the, the, maybe that's the other stuff could be good. 
Um, yeah, I can I can look into training one of these AI models on all those images. See if we can come out with some stuff. That's basically what that lenser thing does, right? So, for reference, um, you uh, come up with a, a an NFT set idea with a load of ideas around it. But the fundamental thing is, we need to create like three classes of um, NFT: the the giga brains, the the middle brains, and like the dimwits, or something similar in those um, three categories. And we need a good design for each of them. And then after we have a good design, I've got like a whole a whole cathedral of things we can do with it that are really funny that's planned out. I'll send you some of it now, Sefi, secretly, one sec. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I can see people wanting to be a dimwit for the satire, even if they're like not. I can see someone wanting to be a bigger giga brain because they think they're smarter than they are. But like, who really, who actually wants to be a midwit exactly in this game is the thing that I'm trying to like wrap my head around from the game theory perspective, right? Oh, he's, he's pushing some buttons somewhere. <laughs> he's sending me some shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause you have to do an IQ test. There'll be a test device, including like the, the, uh, emotional or like the autism tests, you know, look really hey, the eyes. Giving oh. away everything is. What? That, that was only secret alpha for the last space, not this one. Oh. These people in here are more intelligent. They're going to feel it. Seth, you have sent you on Telegram. Can you have a skim? God, do you remember when people were like, oh, I can't reveal that. That's alpha. It's like, fucking shut up. Just tell us, you idiot. Like, imagine withholding information now, like at the bottom of the bear market. Like, oh, you'll have to wait till next time. It's like, I'm not going to come back. I'm just not going to come back. Just tell me now, or I'll, ne- I'll just never bother. Yeah, I think, you know, the thing is, like, the, <clears throat> the Hindus had a pretty good, like, concept of human behavior when it came to, like, developing the caste system and kind of like this religious religion-based sort of hierarchy. You're understanding, um, this is it, this is it. The problem is we all have an equal fucking right to a little piece of land on the internet, and we need to stop that shit. And even worse, it's like, it's like, um, yeah, like everyone has these little profile pictures. We can choose what we want. We can use our money to get whatever we want. Like it sucks. We need to recreate the, the competency hierarchy or the caste hierarchy. Yeah, it's, it should be a lot of fun. People like that sort of thing. And normally in video games and such, like what happens is is each of the classes are tended they're balanced in a way. Like if you add the like offensive and defensive capabilities together, like maybe one thing is really good at defense and something else is really good at offense, and then maybe something else is like right in the middle, and then you have all these different kinds of like balancing phenomenon to make the game fun. Um, you have to kind of give the dimwits like some interesting powers and shit, right? Like, like the power of the heart, the kind of like berserker mode or something like that. You have to have like, so like there should be some things that the dimwits can do that the giga brains can't and vice versa to make it really yeah, fun. Yeah, but even fundamentally, um, the dimwits and the mid- midwits, they will serve a important purpose because without like a pyramid, you need the foundation. Without them, there is no giga brain. Oh, that's yeah. true. Like it's relativity, right? So yeah, absolutely. 
I've I've sent if you look at your DMs now, you uh, I've sent you what I wrote earlier. So you can catch up. I also um I caught some of the discussion about like soulbound or selling them. And I had the uh, thought of not being able to sell them, but if you bring say three midwits or seven midwits together, you can mint like a mutant giga brain, which is of the class of giga brain, but you could see that it's like somehow a mutant, that it's not uh, a legitimate, like not a, it's still legitimate, but it's not um like, an, uh, you know, whatever words you want to use, but then you could have a class of people like in a car system, like I said, but with mobility. Uh, up and down, and so you could go down as well. So a giga brain could be divide, could be instead of a fusion, you can have like a a, a fission where you uh, can generate like fifty midwits from your giga brain if you want to do that. Yeah, you know, like what you want to do with these things is kind of um, the ability to mint an NFT should be cheap. Number one, so like let's say I'm going to create the dimwit or the giga brain. Like let's say it's a whatever, um, one Luna or whatever, whatever it is, it's going to cost, um, or 10 or a hundred or something. You, you make the, the unit cost baseline cost small and even peg that to the dollar so that if the price of the coin goes up, it stays cheap. Right. So that's important because like you want the barrier to entry to be basically nothing. You could be totally poor and just start playing this thing. And you make the base NFT infinite so that you can buy any number of them. And imagine they're kind of like buying like coins or like game pieces in a sense. And then like to get the mutant giga brain, whatever the hell it is, a person can like go crazy and ba maybe buy like a hundred of the dimwit ones. And maybe sometimes a rare one will emerge. Or maybe like, let's say you bought a hundred of them, you can combine 10 of them and burn them at attempt to get like a super dimwit or like you know ultra dimwit or whatever you want to call it like so you make the thing an infinite game so that like rarity is only achieved by pouring in more money essentially um you don't uh, like and it, like the barrier to entry to play and have fun and like be in the community or whatever is basically nothing but if you want to go crazy with it and have like um like an, an army kind of effect um then you also want to have like capabilities like for example if you have like maybe a whole bunch of the dimwit nfts for some reason you can then like i don't know um you can wage war against the the gigabrain people and if you have enough dimwit nfts you can maybe swipe um like i don't know a gigabrain nft out of the vault or something like that and assassinate it or some, some crazy shit like that um yeah so like ways to kind of make this little simple game mm, so so that like the more of these things you get the more fun shit you can do and you don't ever want to limit the game so that like you can't add more things. If the base layer coins are very simple, um, then you can build on top of that any other dynamics or you know whatever NFTs or coins or whatever the fuck, and you can continue to sort of like just have fun with it. Um, and you right. can just like you can change the game anytime you want at that point, right? Exactly. We just want a, a foundation for fun. In many ways, it's like for now, it's like just the aesthetics of it this at this point and then anything can be built on top so long as it's like a fun pyramid and the the essential framework of it is like infinite amusement which it will be with some kind of caste system social hierarchy of competency or whatever um imagine if like we're in a space and we all have our giga brain nft pictures 
and like we allow a, a dimwit up to speak and um, he starts giving his opinion, then we just remove him instantly. Like, no, 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 that, that is not your role. You're only allowed to ask questions. Do not offer your own knowledge. Well, but what's to keep people from using whatever picture they want, though? That's the thing. But that's the whole idea, because you are, you're making a sound. You make, you make, um, you make the ability to, to mint it on competency. And because of that, there's exclusivity. And then because there's exclusivity, people start stealing the profile pictures. And the stealing dynamic is what popularizes it. Oh, like, so we like, do you want people to, so like, like an NFT set that people steal as much as possible is a success. It means that the, the social benefit of having it or the aesthetic appeal of having it in some ways is is worth stealing right worth wearing and yeah the more, the more so, people so don't who, even don't even worry about trying no, to like cares? dumb who cares yeah on yeah. average on average like the more stealable an nft set is the more it'll be worth in fact the actual picture on the nft doesn't matter because it's an infinite set anyway right so who gives a shit um it's like the playing of the game requires the little coin well, which that, is the NFT. that was your idea sefi we never said anything about infinite sets here at Lunkdao. Oh, you're gonna have like a you're gonna have a fixed list? Like you're gonna have only a hundred of them or something? I was just thinking like a pyramid. A pyramid and and yeah, like a fixed list. And then but you can read the full thing. I was thinking about stuff as well, like brain surgery that you'd have to pay for. Stuff like that. Oh, I was just playing <laughs> with the prompt lobotomized. I'm I'm going for yeah. happy lobotomized. That that seems to be getting some good stuff. How can we? Yeah, um, or maybe like a maybe like a baseball bat to the head or something. Something simple. How, how can we I'm also include the idea that all these IQ tests and that sort of stuff isn't actually real or shows any sort of um, you know, they can correlate. But I mean, you don't really want to get people hooked on this sort of stuff and get them even more um, neurotic, sir. No, we do. Like, neuroticism, it's, what, it's what's going to drive popularity. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point. Like, wait, what do you mean you don't want to get people neurotic? Like, of course like, you number, do. Number one, we're not going to specify exactly what we're testing. It's going to be some proprietary uh, formula yeah, okay. of, a yeah. of IQ and EQ and lateral thinking things, and also, like, presenting random videos, like that thing I posted yesterday, like the Japan Sea Monster. What do you think about this? How funny is it? <laughs> Depending on that, you can go forward. And also, like, just um, what's your opinion on Doquan? Like, um, full worship versus hate, things like that will determine. You know, what you, you know what you can do, Bruce. Uh, you could, um, so unlike, let's say, lunked out website or something, right? You can create a simple page that has the link to whatever information you need to get the next one. And the mere fact that you, you interacted with this video and maybe punched in an opinion or something like that, um, that will give you the reply which contains the whatever secret code to get the nft or whatever so it doesn't like you can be a complete moron to get these things in a sense but like it makes sure that people are paying attention to what you're posting right mm. and it's not like the signal nft project signal is like where they have like gigabrain codes and shits you know like uh hiding within the picture and the nft and whatever right whereas that seems like overly complicated to me i was looking at that going um yeah i'm too dumb for this thing <laughs> like i'm not doing this 
Yeah. It's, just, it's a waste of my time. I, it's not fun enough. It's not like rapid fire enough. Um, but that, it's like you would, you'd want the game such that like people would set an alert for all lunked out posts because they're waiting for the next one for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I've and that's of, how you get this done. Yeah. I thought about stuff like that as well. It's also kind of a funny dynamic whereby if just the concept of a quiz, if somebody navigates through a quiz and they get a score, the better their score, the more they are willing to pay because they feel good about themselves and the hierarchy, right? And it's weird. It's like the investment of the time to take the quiz and the fact that you scored highly incentivizes you to pay more. Or something weird like the the final uh, poll, like let's say you have an ABCD quiz and the final answer, the group chose C or something. You have to go enter the letter C to go get that game piece or whatever it is that they're supposed to get. That might be kind of fun. Like um, it's really easy, but like you know they interacted with it at some level, right? And yeah, it's not yeah. that easy to do a bot to sort of do this for you. Yeah, yeah. Ongoing, ongoing interactivity for sure. Um, there's loads of ideas. We just need to get the aesthetics down. The rest is pretty easy, honestly. Um, Fluffinator, you can have a go. I, I, I really want to see the. Uh, I like the speech with the funny background music. Uh, <laughs> Lunkdown videos. Those are really good. Uh, we, Which like, one? It's, a thousand. You know, where like there'll be some inspirational, like symphonic music or some shit in the background, like yeah, you know, Hans Zimmer or something like that, and you're giving some speech about some whatever. Like all of those are very good. Like uh, I think those are like fun to share and like. Imagine like the uh, some information contained within that speech. You give some word that they have to go type in somewhere, and then now all of a sudden they get the free you know mm. thing, whatever. Um, It'd also be through, like tiered communication. Like I could split up my own page, and for every for every cast, I could do a separate post, <laughs> like like an, an AI generated. Like I could write the GigaBrain post. And then the the midwit and the dimwit posts could be auto generated for each cast, or the other way around. Um, but I, ha I had a few ideas I would like to share. Uh, I like the idea of the if you you know you get put into one of these uh, kind of levels or whatever. Um, but if you go sort of too high, like if you're in the dimwit top category going into midwit, that sort of range is kind of interesting. So it'd be cool if there was different grades of each of them so within each of the levels there's like a some kind of um prestige category in there so that it's not just more beneficial to you know grab a different category there's like a thing internally and then i was thinking about the whole um luma hot potato idea sort of thing and um that could be quite interesting as like a cooperative game between the different levels so like uh trying to keep some nft set it's like some, some nft item within like your cast so that your fellow castmates get benefit from it and keeping it away from other cast levels and then it going there and then that sort of game type thing mm, yeah yeah Another thing we want to do is we want to really tie it into some kind of um, learning thing. 
like every every project on Lunk or every project on Luna is a potential place where people can interact with them, right? Like they can use the marketplaces on Lunk or they can use the the exchanges on Lunk or whatever, or they can use um, Save Learning Protocol for AI on on the new Luna blockchain. Everything like that, ideally, like if somebody has a, a, a dimwit NFT or something like that, when they navigate to that website and use it and interact with it in a certain amount of ways that the person who has made it um, determines is like a full learning experience. Maybe they could somehow have like a, the dimwit could have like a battery attached to their head or they could earn brain tokens or some, they could like some kind of evolution you want, right? Something fun. Um, some way a dimwit can ascend out of the ghetto and then eventually become a midwit. But the, but the, maybe the, the giga brain needs to find a heart. Like, it's like the, um, it's like the Wizard of Oz type of thing with these archetypes, right? Like you, the the Giga brain is just too autistic, needs to figure out like, yeah, find love that. or something like that, and they have a different thing, and they have to get them from dimwits, which would be even funnier. That's right? what I was thinking, Steffi. I was yeah. thinking like the 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 dimwits are like cognitively impaired, and they need to learn things, and then the the um the giga brains are the ones who probably know them anyway but lack in other ways right like they don't have much compassion so maybe maybe their their tasks to upgrade themselves are like oriented around different things involving community service or like helping the dimwits in some way exactly yeah and then like to beat certain um it'd be interesting like it, let's say there's a little vault and um everyone has to go and interact with the contract and you have to reach a certain minimum level of dimwits, midwits, and gigabrains that pledge to the vault. Not that they're giving up their little NFT or whatever, but you have to have them to actually, like, you know, like add points to the vault or whatever. And, you know, in order to beat the system, everybody wins if there's enough of all of these groups, right? With special, like, weapons and upgrades or whatever. Like, you have to, only with a certain number of points can you beat the little dragon and the, in the thing right and it's really really simple like you don't need to get like these this can be super super easy to do like um but could be fun like where everybody has some incentive to do something yeah <laughs> sometimes you <coughs> would pit the dimwits against the giga brains and sometimes you have to get them to work together or whatever to maybe save midwit land or something <laughs> like there's some uh yeah, like it's some game mechanics that play out, and it should be pretty easy to produce some of that stuff. I love Midwitland. You said that. That was great. I want to be a dimwit. I want to have battery pack on my head. If you want to help, um, Fluffinator, have you heard most of these ideas? I can send you more. Let me send you something right now. One sec. Okay. Yeah, I do. How are you all doing today? This isn't a conversation. I sent you the thing I wrote earlier. If you read that and ingurgitate it, this is not a, you're not being hired, but what we need is like some ideas for what the dimwits and midwits and gigabrains look like. Um, have you ever seen the brainlet meme? If you search on Google for brainlet, it's like a <laughs> I've seen the brain let me, it's okay. Oh yeah, you're going to do little wojaks. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like with the, the hamster wheel head and the battery yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. I'll do some wojaks. They're really good. Yeah, like they're my favorite. In fact, I kind of want to steal them 
because I haven't seen anything nearly as good. Yeah, they're absolutely classic. Whoever came up with that like sort of theory was just amazing. I mean, have you seen like pictures, Tuffy? Oh yeah, tons of those things. They've been around for the last ten years or so, right? <laughs> like they're pretty common. Yeah. Especially like they use them a lot in like the crypto space and stuff. Like, so a lot of people use that shit. <laughs> it's very funny. Reminds me of the time when I said like, I said some internet poison thing. I said like Keck or something, and Sefi was like, "What? You know that? That's like a crypto thing." Well, it's not so much that it's a crypto thing. It's used. Those same memes are used a lot in different like genres or whatever, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I thought you said that. Maybe I misremembered. And I was just like, what? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, it's funny when people actually start saying them out loud, like LOL or like Keck or something. It's one thing to see them typed out on a screen and another thing for people to start saying them. It's fun. Whenever I um, try and train the AI to use the Wojaks, the brainlets, it turns them into some sort of like person with like a really fucking weird shaped head. It's, it's pretty freaky. Um, but it's not what I want at all. Hey, here's a question for you. You know, the, um, so was it you that shared that, um, like website or whatever? I think I, I have it in my bookmark somewhere where you can create like little video game pieces for games that are done by AI. Like, I think you sent me that, uh, right? Uh, don't, don't think that was me. I can't remember though. Probably it's not. Like you can create like little, for example, like buildings and things like that. Oh, was that Midas? Did Midas send that? I I, Midas remember. did. Midas did. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, he likes kind of, he likes the game building a little bit too. Um, but what's interesting about that is like, you can stick with some sort of visual style, right? So the key is like, whether it's, I don't know if it's mid journey or whatever these little apps are. Um, the key is like to have whatever you're creating for your um, like game or project, or whatever, have a certain visual of like, consistency right so i think setting that up w would make it really really easy like so your color palette and everything is like you know consistent and then you just keep like putting out new things like little objects and things people buy or whatever that'd be a lot of fun um like i haven't i don't know like i, I, I there have been some different sort of like nft mm, game type things out there and i don't know how much traction they've got that's the other thing like of all the different nft projects with regenerative art and this and that like how far have they gotten as far as like user users and all because there's that other one like in uh what is it called uh there's one on cosmos too with the little bears and shit um a bunch of animals walking around clash of clans not clash of clans what is it called uh I don't know, but th there are some of these things, but these things have to be super, super simple somehow. Like you, you get past like a certain level of um, like learning curve and the number of users drops off really fast. And the issue is um, they get outdated by like two months now. So if you make an NFT set out of an AI, then in two months when the actual project launches, at least it's going to look like shit. <laughs> uh, that's I, funny. I shared um, uh, Diffusion B up to space. Um, since you have a powerful Mac, give that a go. That will give you the latest um, Diffusion, stable Diffusion stuff running locally on a Mac and an easy to use interface. So give that a go. Oh, that's. I'll definitely try it. That looks cool. Um, hold on, let me save this thing, bookmark it or whatever.
Um, or a suite. Yeah, I'll look into that. Yeah, like I, I don't think uh, any kind of art style for these things should be overly like they shouldn't have an extreme ai appearance you want them to be super simple looking no that's what i like about the brainlets like the hand drawn simplicity just just fucking funny that's that's yeah or like hand drawn maybe a baseline with then some regenerative stuff done on the hand drawn to kind of get you some of the varieties you need or something like that right but not to completely take over the thing otherwise like yura said you're going to have this problem of obsolescence it's just not cool Mm. Not to mention, like, the overly AI stuff, like, the overly detailed stuff is not the vibe here, I don't think. It's, like, super cartoony, super goofy, I think, is funny, is better. I don't like it when AI tries to do, I don't know, I, I don't like that, like, infinitely sophisticated kind of hyper- Right, right. It's, like, hyper-complex appearance. Yeah, we can, it's like, yeah. we can actually get it to, like, draw stuff, and then we could just, uh, you know, sketch over it. Like someone can make a line drawing and paint over some crazy shit the AI generates. Like give me yeah. a lobotomized guy with a battery on his head. What I was thinking is maybe give give the brainlet theme to um to Zara and see if she can iterate on it. Queen of the brainlets. And then we can feed in whatever she draws into mid-journey and go off that we can just have like a feedback loop yeah it'd be fun to have like uh it needs to do like uh audio clips sort of like you did but have like the funny background music and shit and have her go really dark or something like that from time to time like um like i don't know like engage all the dimwits to go maybe like terminate some giga brains or something like that like you do a little speeches and things would be funny, like with characters. So like people start recognizing like the actual community. Uh, and like, that's a part of the vibe of the thing, right? Like you're actually in a, like, like this is our little Twitter metaverse type of thing, right? Like it's, it's a, uh, it's a game, but there's actual, you know, people, I, I don't know, banging the drums or something in the background. Hmm. Yeah. It'll be funny to do things like survey opinions as well and see how different they are. Like if we legitimately form a, a very valid hierarchy of people and then we survey them on different topics, they should have very different opinions and it should be really funny how different they are. Yeah, there's also like you could have some of the alpha or little like secrets um, in Twitter spaces and such. So to the extent that like someone that hears maybe the secret uh, word that you have to use or some shit to get some item. Um, like someone will get it, but then they'll, you want to have them like, I don't know, like incentivize to share that information with everybody. So people repeats and retweets these things, right? That's important. Uh, yeah. Like, like get those, get the audience to gin up a bigger audience is the key thing too. It's like the kind of like you have to bake in the like craziness of affiliate marketing and like um, the like a pyramid scheme, like, you know, what I mean, like it's, like it's a Ponzi scheme, pyramid scheme, affiliate marketing all in one game. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, for now, we just need the we need it to look good. And then everything else is inspired. Like my kind of brain is like infinitely 
<clears throat> Machiavellian when it comes to these things. As soon as the, as as long as there's a base, like a base set, then we'll just do infinite stuff with it, and it'll be really fucking funny, and it will fill these spaces as well. Like if we all have this, these profile pictures or whatever, um, we'll be talking about normal things, and then like interrupting the conversation will be Moonrise or something. And he'll have a dimwit NFT, <laughs> and then we'll say to we'll we'll gift it to him as like a maybe we'll select like mm, thirty people we consider particularly dumb on the spaces, and uh, we'll gift them all dimwit NFTs, and then he can wear his NFT in here. And if he comes and speaks, if he shares his opinion, then we'll kick him, and we'll say Moonrise. Like the rules are clear. If you want to come up here, you can ask questions, but no opinions, no statements, no 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 normative statements or descriptions of events or anything like that. Ask a question, and if you're going to ask a question, five words maximum. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> hey, Wabi, what's happening, man? Hey, man. Uh, just got off of space. Grant Cardone ended up coming in, which is pretty ironic. We were talking about him the other day. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to come in here and uh, thank you guys for providing a good time this year. Um, I'll be taking a break from like spaces in general outside of uh, what I do for Because Bitcoin. But yeah, man. Uh, thanks, Coach. For, what are you doing? Are you going on vacation or what, man? Uh, some like business stuff uh, in regards to um, like the job that I got. So, um, anyways, just want to come here publicly and like say thanks, yeah, Coach cool. uh, and Safi for like the laughs and the good times and the conversations and all that stuff. Uh, I wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, God bless you. <laughs> This is a speech someone makes before they kill themselves. Yeah, geez, Wabi. <laughs> like, like nah. we'll see you on the first or something, man. Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, if if uh, if the coach if the coach is uh, doing that space um, on Christmas, I'll probably just say what's up. But uh, yeah, guys, I'll see you uh, in the new year. Thanks for thanks for like you know the good times and everything. I've I've uh, I've had a blast on here. It's really. Uh, why are you saying goodbye? Why are you doing a dramatic goodbye? You're like, <laughs> sailor. You're, like you're like imagining the fucking woman on the shore, and you're the sailor getting onto a ship in the 1600s. Oh, it's worth it. I'll come back with treasures from Mexico. So long as we get across the ocean. Oh, I'll come back. I'll see you again one day, my dear. But if not, I love you very much. <laughs> Where are you going, man? Like you, you're going to the moon or something? Like you're like, are we gonna see like? he's like oh well, i'll miss you guys you know thanks for the laughs i've enjoyed it so much you've kept me sane during a difficult period when everything has been happening in a vicious bear market but i'll see you on the 25th in your space by the way are you gonna play outro music wabi you're gonna stop playing no. some outro music we need outro music man oh gosh go and get oh, some gosh. music ready and come back yeah oh gosh man oh gosh yeah, I didn't mean it to, to come that way, but I know you guys usually have uh, those massive spaces. Well, before you before oh. you go, if you had the choice of being yeah. on Team Gigabrain, Team Midbrain, or Team Dimbrain, no, 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 there is which no team would you be on? Um, if you could, <laughs> there's no one. <laughs> you cannot choose. You cannot choose. That's the whole point. It shows yeah. you are. Yeah, um, I think I think you'd have to ask someone that like. I guess has more uh, experience with annoying me, 
And I'll let Zero X Sears determine that since I'm not able to choose. I've known him for like, what is it, like since last August, I think? Well, what's going to happen is the system, the AI, is going to help choose for us like which team we're on. And from there, we're supposed to like complete all sorts of interesting uh, tasks and, um, I don't know, different assassinations and like quests and things like this. It should be fun. So that should be a fun thing uh, if we get that rolling. Jeez, man. <laughs> so uh, look, Wabi, because I'm never going to see you again. Because no, you dude, seem to no, be like no, leaving. No, it's not that. I'm not leaving, dude. I'm just, I'm just, okay, uh, cool. I'm just, just going to enjoy the, the, the rest of the year, man. Um, You're feeling emotional. That's pardon. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling emotional, man. You know, <laughs> no, uh, a lot of people, I'm just, I'm just you know, fall to the wayside. I'm just saying, well, thank you, know, you guys. It's like old. Old names in Telegram, old names in Discord, last online one year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Where are they now? Where was Wabby? Where did he go? We'll never know. I have no idea who this guy is. By the way, what the fuck is he about with this, like, oh, I knew you last year? Um, As far as I'm aware, your account is four months old. Yeah, yeah, I I created this account four months ago. That's the first time I'd ever talked about crypto, so uh, I don't know know what he means, really. But... um, yeah, English people sound alike, so this happens a lot. Yeah, it's a form of racism and xenophobia. I just want to say today's the shortest day of the year, and so it's all upwards from here, Wabi, and everything is going to get better. The days are going to get longer, sunsets are going to get nicer, um, and we'll see you on the summer solstice, and we're going to hear like the tan in your voice and the happiness and joy and laughter. It's going to yeah. be good. Wabby, I know you're thinking about a steroid cycle soon, but I want to say if you do that, then make sure to front load finasteride. Don't fucking compromise your hairline for muscles. Are you talking about steroids, coach? I don't think I'm gonna I don't think I'm gonna take steroids, not anytime soon. So wait until your very first injury when your back snaps, deadlifting three hundred kilograms or something like that, and watch how you look at the needle and think about a 10x faster recovery. It's the only way, Webby. Yeah, big, big tell. Big tell, I know. It's going to be like big tell all over again. Do it properly, Webby. Just just get a good, proper, fucking comprehensive cycle. Talk to big tell. Talk to George Lehman. Hello, George. I'd like your help. Um, George <laughs> You know George Lehman, coach? Jeez, man. <laughs> oh, George. gosh. You sent your your eight forty lbs uh, times nine in two thousand and eleven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, man. Uh, always a blast with you talking uh, all stuff. Physical culturist, man. Always have yeah, a blast. Man, it's a shame that it all has to end, huh? <laughs> For like what four days? I think we'll yeah, be like like Jesus. it's been a, it's been a blast, man. Like we've talked about food and and hoisting objects and we talked about food and hoisting objects and we talked about big tail and we talked about gripping objects and also lifting objects above our head it's just a shame that it's all got to end man until the 25th i've heard more shit about gripping things than i've had in my entire life man <laughs> oh gosh Jeez. Is this job uh, that finishes on the 25th, are you sitting with some kids as Santa Claus in a Santa Grotto? Is that the job, Wabi? Are you, are you for Santa Claus? 
No, 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 not at all. Not at all, Evers. I wish we were. Then we could have like a space on Christmas Day, and it's what did you get from King Wabi? And then you have to do like a Santa voice, and then we will say, "What do I get?" And then you and then you make her present for all of us. That'd be fun. Seth, have you noticed the more we've hosted these spaces, the more people have become nervous to come up? We used to have a an almost constant sushi belt of people requesting to speak, but now like there's almost nobody. It's like we're both hated and. They find us intimidating. Yeah, what to do about that? Not really sure. You can try and be well. What happened to David Glockenspiel? Maybe he'll come back. You want to send him a message? We just need to abuse. When was the last time Addie came to a space? Um, she. I, I talked to her last night for a few hours. She was on when. Uh, yeah, we were chatting last night with everybody. Remember, Lucas and the noise guy and Addie and a bunch of people came. Then I fell asleep. Oh, yeah. We got you to fall asleep for one time. I didn't want to end it because you all seem like you're having a good time. So I just put my phone like <laughs> I, t- I turned down the volume so I could barely hear it. And I put it on my on my um, cupboard and then I fell asleep with you all going. Yeah, like last night, the last night I did the same thing with uh, what is it like Elon Musk and George Hotz and whoever talking. And I set it aside like, you know, with. <laughs> like right there next, like gently hearing going to sleep at the voice of elon musk and uh whatever the guy's name is very funny um yeah and then like i don't know i i don't know maybe i felt like i was going to miss something and maybe i would subliminally acquire some alpha in my sleep or something I'm not really sure why i did that yeah i mean well if you have any alpha then tell wabby now because this is it man well, based on what Elon said yesterday, pretty much like they got to get their shit together and get some advertisers or like they don't have enough money to go past a year. So one reason to say goodbye to everybody would be like they got to get their shit together by next year. So uh, that's straight from the man's mouth. So we'll see how that goes. But I think, you know, Elon has plenty of like influence. I think he'll find smart people to come help out. Um, like, you know. Most projects he touches, something interesting happens. So we'll be all right. <laughs> mm. The thing I guess I'm concerned about with Twitter is like, I hope it doesn't tailor itself to the average mind. Um, do you see what I mean? It's like the, there's these weird ways in which people can end up maximizing engagement or creating the optimal experience for the average user. And then the truly smart and funny people just get fucking shafted <laughs> because because they're the ones who get um, blocked or unfollowed the most or whatever else. Like they create both positive attention and negative attention. And um, it's like on a lot of social media sites where there's censorship and stuff, nobody has quite solved this problem. Um, yeah, lot- many things are fun when like there's a n- it's sort of still niche or is the word niche. I'm not sure like how you pronounce that shit anyway. <laughs> but the point is like, there's uh yeah there's definitely that element of these things um it's true in like video game communities and other things like when all of the uh average people show up then all the kind of people that started off like leave like the the sort of og crowd or whatever it is like yeah and like then a, it's with social parasolsis process yeah i think it's kind of like when you know people said oh we're not going to use 
I don't know, like a Facebook because like, you know, old people are on it or something and then people move to Snapchat or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, some of it's like an age-based thing. Some of it's like generational. Some of it's just like the desire to sort of win at that particular uh, platform. Like, let's say it's um, like a Reddit or whatever the hell. That's why like Reddit started doing that like point system and other bullshit, right? Like they just did that recently um, where I guess like, the more posts you do and the more like, I don't know, you win something or I don't know. It's like winning at Reddit. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I don't know if they're going to do like those kind of gamification things on Twitter as well, but like they do these things. And then if you go into some new system and you feel like, you know what, I'm a nobody here. Like it's going to take me years and years and years to sort of like get credibility in this space. I'd rather go to a brand new thing where I'm the King, right? There's a, there's a huge amount of that that goes mm. on like men on the internet for sure. I don't think it's a thing as so much with women, but like with guys, it's like a standard thing. Like um, in the video game crowd, you see it all the time. Like a new online game comes out and like um, all the elite people or whatever you want to call it, like who really are hardcore, they'll go and join the alpha and the beta of the game. They'll learn all the details of it so that the whole first uh, like version of the game, they're the king of the thing, right? There's this like strong desire to feel like the king of whatever it is that game is or that system is. And if you feel like there's too many people that are already like better at it than you, like you know, people have a tendency to go to the next thing. It's very funny. It's like a, it's like a drug. Um, I, th I think people feel that way too. Like, you know, like they play sports at a high level, like in high school or something, they play like uh, maybe college football and they get really big. Um, and then they have a hard time, like they, they have a hard time with that kind of euphoria afterwards, right? Like it's almost like nothing in their life can compare. It's that kind of thing that people tend to seek out in these systems. It's pretty interesting. Like, that's the thing, like that's the energy you want to harness for the dimwit midwit, um, like, you know, game theory. Um, mm. you, you don't want to make it such that like the newcomer feels completely handicapped and can't have fun. Um, because they haven't been around, they don't get the jokes or some shit like that, right? It makes sense that the jokes and the the not the, not just the jokes, but just the 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 lore is like perpetual to where like you're the right person for this because like mm, you don't want to have to know the whole backstory of the thing going back generations or read some book to figure out what the hell the game is about. You follow what I'm saying? Like you want to be able to jump in and just join in on the crazy and have no idea where you were it's like jumping into spaces you don't know the conversations about type of thing that type of thing um yeah i think you you want to be able to get into the game anytime and have a, a really fun time um and not feel like you have to develop like a skill set or the people before you were able to get so many little whatever nfts or ex like maybe like experience or alpha with the game or special moves or some bullshit and you feel like you have to either read a big book or you have to practice a ton to get there. None of that makes sense for like that type of game, right? So like the game should automatically allow you to become not a king, but like, mm, like you could rise to prominence quickly if you felt like it. That's the feeling people want. Like, uh, and it doesn't matter which group you're in. It's like, it's universal pretty much. Like you want to be a king in your domain uh, or at least the possibility, even if you weren't right, like within a few months, you can be a king of your domain, something like that. Um, and then like 
the other tricky thing with these games is like once you are at the top of your game or whatever that is, like how do you keep those people engaged at that point? That's another problem in video games. That's what leads to like this inflation of like items and different things you have to earn. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, like h- how to keep the person who's done all of the different tasks still interested in doing transactions and playing. Um, that's really tough as well. Yep. How's it going over there? Is are you generating? Well, I'm generating, but I've got um, sidetracked because I created um, Margaret Thatcher as a Sith Lord, Queen Elizabeth II as a Terminator. Uh, I've got Mm. Queen Elizabeth I as a Space Marine, and now I'm making Prime Minister Theresa May as an Autobot, and I'm going to post them and say who would win. I noticed that you're talking about art and yourself a lot, but this is the last time you'll ever speak to Wabby. Oh, sorry, uh, Wabby. So, no, it's not the last time. It's not the last time. It's just, it's just, uh, you know, the same. I know what you I, want. I get it. I get it. I, I know yeah, what he yeah, wants. Yeah. Like, a, like, let be real for a moment. He's doing his dramatic thing to try and emotionally, emotionally no. twist to giving him love back. Because lately he's been expressing a lot of affection to a lot of people because he's been going through difficult situations with lots of, of life things. And he wants to reach out and make people feel loved. And he's feeling sad that he doesn't necessarily get it back. And, uh, and what, that's what he wants now. He wants, to, he wants to love bomb us and try and get it back. But the more he gives us that love bombing, the more reluctant we are. In order to get love from us, he needs to let go completely. I think what he's doing is he's saying, you know, there's never a a final goodbye, a last goodbye. It's always see you down the road, you know, see you down the road, Webby. Maybe it's in a year, maybe it's in five years, maybe it's in heaven. Unlikely, we'll probably both go to hell. Mm. But let's see. He's like a he's like a teen boy who's deeply in love with a girl, and he is kind of doubting her love. And he goes up to her and says, like, this is the last time you'll ever see me. You'll never see me again. You'll never see me again. And, and like, what he's trying to do is, like, get her to tell him that she loves him and, like, beg him to stay or something like that because he doesn't have any other method to do it. He's, he's doing this, like, drama to try and get this out of us. And um, I judge him for it. Yep, I agree. He's trying to get us to show emotion. I've decided that Theresa May and Liz Truss should team up as two Autobots fighting together. I get the sense that you can do this for hours. Yep. Yep. It's I can quite see you generating backstories for them and images and just keep mm. going and going and going. It's infinite possibilities to create any kind of image. And I will just sit here generating for like literally four or five hours nonstop. That's pretty interesting. I have a limit, like an hour of it, and I'll stop. And I've only done it a few times ever, and I just got like bored. You can make anything. You can you can turn your pet dog into Darth Vader. That yeah. morphs them together. See what happens. But it's all colors in it. Yeah, is that bare colors in it? Is that lots of colors in that? You know, it's all on a screen. It's all colors. That's all it is. It's nothing. 
What part of the UK does that kind of term in it come from? I think it's like um, Scotland or something like that. London youths. It's the it's a mixing pot of London youths from different cultures and Jamaica and all kinds of Caribbean people and Indian oh, people it's, and it's, so it's a bit of a but like so saying that's a bit of a black vibe maybe in the UK. Mm, not even not even really. I, it's like just in a London urban like. You know, if 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 you want to if you want to um, sound a bit hard, you know, not like erect, as in like you're wellard. It's like you you do in it. You either go a bit cockney because you know what I mean. Like you know, you're talking a bit like that, a bit like a Millwall fan or something like that, or like East End sort of cockney guy, or you turn into like a reincarnation of Dizzy Rascal, and you do the in it blood stuff. I've seen Dizzy Rascal live three times. What the fuck is wrong with you? Three times. I saw him at like Reading and Leeds and uh, some O2 Arena somewhere. How was he at the O2 Arena? Really good. This was in his early days when he'd barely done any. There were only like 50 people there. What's this guy's thing? Look sharp. Yeah. And, uh, oh man, I can't even remember. He's just a rascal. He's just a rascal. Yeah. He had his he had a song where it's like what kind of sirens. music is this? He had a song where it's police sirens. Then he was like saying, jumping over fences, hiding in sheds, and and do you remember that one? I can't remember what it was. I can't. Boy in the corner was the album. Yeah. spelled yeah. D A da corner. I used to know all of that yeah, stuff. I, to... I get to hear you guys for one then. That was nice. Sorry, oh. coach. Coach Bruce has bars, bro. That was that was so cool, man. And you have a nice voice, uh, ears. That was uh, that was a nice tune you got there. Thank you. I've heard the gossip from the street to the slammer. They're trying to see if Dizzy stays true to his grammar. Being a celebrity don't mean shit to me. Fuck the glitz and glamour, hit him with the blitz and hammer. Wiki, wiki, wiki. All right, zero X ears, dude. Putting in the lunk funk, the lunky funk. That's what I'm talking they about. They talk about rushing. Talk behind my back, smell my face and say nothing. Stand up in the park, take a firm city stance. Keep the beanies flushing, keep the beanies hot touching. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Let's go. Zero X ears, dude. Representing as DJ Lunk at the Lunky Festival. That was mm-hmm. awesome, bro. In 2008, when we got our kitten. We petitioned me and my sister to call the cat Dizzy, short for Dizzy Rascal. <laughs> All right, let's go, Zara. It's called um, it's called Sirens. I think is if I remember right. Put that on in the oh, back. Yes. Okay, hang on. Coach, can, can you follow that up? Can you follow that up? <laughs> hey, quiet, Webby. We're doing the listening. My wife's gonna. Fucking kill me. No, this is culture. One second. Oh. Okay. <laughs> 
Fifteen to the three to the four. Lamas, please knock in that my door. Twelve black boots on my bedroom floor. What they were wearing at school, I'm not sure. There you go. Wait, that wasn't it though. There's another one. <laughs> The one where he's fucking running for the police. What is that called? You you saw you saw this guy in concert three times. Yeah. Hang on. I know the one actually. Hang on. Uh. Let's see. No, We're not going to listen to a Dizzy Rascal album when everyone sits and waits patiently for us to find the right song. That's well, not we can do whatever we like. Space. This is our fucking space. <laughs> That's true. I think you're envisioning, like that comment meant, meant you were envisioning what this is wrong. You're imagining like people here in this space have paid for a ticket and we're obligated they to perform have. a certain way. We're they not. should. We're just being friends. Like, there's a weird audience effect here, isn't there? And it fools you into believing that the audience has paid in some way or expects something. No, this is just us as friends, and they can attend or not. Yeah, if you don't like it, you can fuck off. Get out of my living room. Tell them, bro. Tell them. Right, I've generated Theresa May with her friendly Autobot companion. Your computer right now is so fucking silly. On the left is like Dizzy Rask, and on the right is generating politicians. It's pretty silly. Not as silly as Fluffinator's computer, which needs to be overclocked to open five Google Chrome tabs. It's more than five, okay. <laughs> Show them what the Lucky Funky group can do, Grover. Oh, that's it. Police on my back. They're always on my back. Can you put it on here for the for the group? I've only got my phone. <sighs> Bruce, you're gonna hit this. Now, Bruce, is there like this guy is relevant because the music was really good, or like something? Like, what am I missing something? Like, what are you talking about? This is like me saying, why are the, the founding fathers relevant? Why is the constitution relevant? This is British culture, my friend. Shut up and listen. Bruce, are you going to give us some rap bars as well, dude? Let Dizzy do it. So this is like some kind of founding fathers level thing. Yeah. Pretty much. Flushing MCs. Flushing MCs down the loo. This was the inspiration for all of the knife crime that's happening in London now that me and Neil played in. That's right. Mm. Have you guys ever like shanked somebody or like what what do you call it there in the UK? Yeah, shanking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shanked. I've wetted up. I've wetted up five pussy holes. Have you done it just for fun? (laughs) I run around. Six pussy holes. I run around with a blade. Are the, are the, so when you visit France, like, are they worried about you there? Like, maybe this guy's going to, like, steal my shit or something? Nah. Uh, yeah. Nah. Depends what ends they're from. Yeah, they know my postcode. They know not to mess. They x-rayed my car, actually, when I drive across the channel, usually. I don't know why. Or the knives, probably. Yes. Would you put on police on my back, please? 
I found a song by The Clash called Police on My Back. No. Um, where is it? I can't find it. Oh, God, no. I've got one called Pussy Old Old School. That's not it. No, I can't find it. Police on My Back. Which album? If you want some uh, classic yeah. American music, you should try Milli Vanilli. No. On YouTube, Police on My Back, Dizzy Rascal was there. I think. You're just saying Milli Vanilli because I googled them and they're from Munich. What's this? What's all this? Whatever. Yeah, it was part of American culture either way. I've never heard of these beautiful men. Are you thinking of Lethal Bizzle, coach? (laughs) Milli Vanilli is famous because it turns out that. they didn't actually sing any of their music. It was all just lip sync the entire time, <laughs> which is pretty sweet if you think about it. Yeah, it is. Oh, both are dead. Are they really? Yeah. Dizzy Rock. Jesus dead. Christ, what happened to them? Uh, one of them died in 1998. I imagine some sort of Suspected alcohol poisoning. Uh, the other one, drugs overdose. Yeah, they were made fun of pretty badly. It's quite possible that they just sort of like, I don't know, went down the death spiral of like drugs and whatever. Oh, and the original guy that actually did the singing died last year of COVID, age 66. The actual singer? Yeah, the That's real sick. guy behind it. Wow. So, like, not only did the lip syncers die, but the actual singer. Yeah. Maybe some sort of comic thing. Would you be upset, Fluff, if these guys were your favorite idols, these, these, uh, and you discovered that their singing was, like, not uh, their own? Yeah, I would. I'm just reading this article. He, the guy that was singing behind it, he didn't even know what it was being used for. Um, it was only when they got really famous that they had to say, oh yeah, you're Millie Vanilli. That's Gosh, impressive too. How did this, like, where did they, what cave did they put this guy in that he wouldn't hear his own voice or whatever? <laughs> oh, they ended up being friends and then he sometimes performed with them, he said. I mean, the thing is, he out-survived them both, so I guess he got his just desserts. Um, ears, did did wait, wait? Ears, did you find the music you're looking for? No, no, it doesn't exist. It's all in coach's head. Why are you being like this? Why are you depriving them of culture just because you're afraid of your wife beating you up with a saucepan? You should stop walking around in the jungle. I don't know what you're doing out there. Coach, you said uh, you were in a monastery in, like, Chile or something? Maybe. Depends the, when you talk to me. Or the Congo? How was that like? Did you have to shave your head and stuff? Like, it was what good were the rules? It was good, Webby. Nobody did any weird shit to me. Nobody told me they were never going to see me again. They just treated me like mm. a friend. Yeah, girl, you know it's true. Uh, Wabi, was your life ruined when you heard Millie Vanilli wasn't uh, legit? Um, 
I'm not sure who Nelly Vanilli is, brother. Yeah, it's a good thing you don't know. I'm not sure your fragile heart can handle this the uh that type of letdown. I'm I'm glad you didn't have to live through that misery like the rest of us. So Beth Bones is getting catty in the comments. He just said, British have culture for exclamation marks. Um Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Rathbones, man. Oh, you crack me up. Yeah, where's he, where is he from? I can't remember. But where's Rathbones from? He was... He's one of the Native Americans. He was on the he, Trail of Tears. Yeah, like some vulture laid down to die. <laughs> and the American Indians went at its stomach with a dagger and pulled out an egg, and that was Rathbones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Typical. Oh, Typical Paul egg. here. Paul definitely needs to get himself a, a dimwit NFT. Am I right? I consider him to be reasonably intelligent. It's just that he's living a stupid life. Um, trapped Wait, what's, what stupid life? He's, he's living in a room with an alcoholic in a bunk bed. Paul, Paul, what is your life like right so, now? So, I'm currently processing my uh, my visa is ah I'm waiting for a visa so I can go and live with my girlfriend and uh, wife in Florida, um, but currently I'm living with a, a childhood best friend who I haven't seen in eight years and has turned into an alcoholic and uh, we sleep in one big bed like it's uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Me, my wife, him, and his uh, female to male trans girl boyfriend. Yeah, and and critical point here is that his wife is currently in Florida, so he's lying about that. It doesn't happen most of the time; it only happens occasionally. And also, his his childhood friend's female to to boy trans girlfriend um, is being denied as as such by his friend. And there's an ongoing trouble to like convince his friend that it's actually a female to male trans person. Um, so yeah, like he, uh, he also says like he wants kids. This person, uh, vehemently despises children, uh, has had an abortion. Uh, like whenever kids are brought up, she's like, oh, fuck kids, blah, blah, blah. It's, um, he's just oblivious cause he drinks too much and, uh, just does whatever makes him feel good in the moment. And I have to, uh, sort of manage this toddler and the retarded, uh, choices he makes in life. But he has gone back yeah. to our hometown for Christmas. I'm here alone and I'm uh, I'm loving life. What is your hometown? Ah, you expect me to dox myself. It's somewhere terrible in the Midlands. Not quite Birmingham, but close enough. Is it, is it near... Is it Reading? Oh, no, mid, the Midlands, not south. Come on. It's Redditch. Redditch. Is no. it Slough? <laughs> Again, completely the wrong region. <laughs> I thought you were from Stoke-on-Trent. I mean, is it... What, what is the Midlands? I don't even know. Is it like uh, Gloucester? Go go from, like, um, like, you know, Watford. It's pretty north. You know, Watford. It's, like, mm, really north. London. If you go above that, you get in the Midlands. And What's then there? when you go past Nottingham, you're in the north. Yeah, so, um, like, south of Yorkshire, north of, like, London, I guess. Oh, I don't know what's there. Never been there. Oh, it's terrible. It's just a post-industrial wasteland. Loughborough. 
Yeah. You're from Loughborough. No, I'm I'm from like near that area, near Loughborough, near <laughs> Nottingham, near Leicester, near Derby. But um I won't tell you which one, but I'm from one of them. Go find you. Yeah. Um Yeah, we're gonna get you. Yeah, find me even though I don't live there anymore. Gonna come there with some Debo and inject you. Oh yeah, please do, yeah. Although don't you eat Debo? It's a tablet, isn't it? Gonna gonna deprive you of PCT. <laughs> no, no. Big nips, big gyno nips, squirting milk everywhere. <laughs> yeah, my. <laughs> yeah, I love gyno actually. Then I could just sit in and play with myself, and I wouldn't need a wife. Oh, but uh, oh, no, actually, uh, uh, a funny thing that happened is that my uh, my flatmate, because he has because uh, he's retarded and doesn't like to do anything that requires the slightest amount of effort, he didn't want to catch uh, a train across London to get a train back to our hometown. So he paid like 400 quid for an Uber um, that was like 200 miles. And uh, he took all his stuff in plastic bags. I didn't see him pack any clothes, but he did pack two bottles of whiskey. How did he do that? How can he afford that if he's an alcoholic? <laughs> I don't think it's a... He makes he retarded be spending that on... uh, working for a big tech company. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just to, to introduce you all, um, Rath, sorry, you're here, Rathbones. I was going to say hello to you too, but I was going to tell the story of, um, oh, why aren't I following you, Paul Plot? Oh, yes, yeah, because my LinkedIn account. Um, I was going to tell uh, everyone here that you've been trying to convince your friend that his girl boyfriend is transgender and he's denying it and has insisted that he's only um, non-binary. And I wondered if you could describe the current state of affairs. Yes. So um, he has accepted that his girl boyfriend is trans and that he's now a gay man. But he denies that he's gay. Um, he says that he's not gay. He's, he just doesn't really care about it. But if you say that he's a homo and a gay man, he gets really defensive. So it's uh, it's sort of clear that he doesn't like to be identified as a gay man in a relationship with another man. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was a Chepe Space, started out the AI arms race, and ended the LunkDAO NFT set, and Terror Rebels spend 150k on KFC. Recorded on Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. In the darkest of times, when the phoenix arises out of the ashes like some burned up papyrus, open the sarcophagus and release the virus. Got a lump in your throat like tonsillitis. When the flags go up like everyone is righteous, spending government checks sniffing up the white dust. The previous generation wants to be just like us. Fuck that shit, I'm trying to be like Mike was. Drop the bias and you might survive this. The mummy coming through to remind your highness. I might just buy up my own fucking island, build a little bunker then wait for the timer countdown to zero day exploiting every exploit in your internet sex toys in emitting vibrations through the ether did you just come me either If you look at the bright side
were lost at the right time Blindly following stars in the night sky Part of me might ride away with the prize fight Man versus everything else until the time's right Unleash the Kraken, no wait, that was crack Fuck now, everybody feeling all amped up Fucking like bunnies to the national anthem Ugly little shits eating up all our rhythm Mishandling the captions, who has the answer? Holding our attention for ransom Fed up with all the red tape and the boring template Like it matters if it's a blue or red state Charged every month and we can't even cancel Feeling distressed? Fuck it, kill the damsel Fuck yeah, spread it like we're on some undead shit And pass the bitch around like a meme from Reddit In the beginning it was suggested that the mortality rate would be 5% And the numbers are so much higher We're not ready for the next epidemic so if your oxygen level falls too low and it cannot be kept up with just what we call nasal cannulas or rebreathing oxygen masks, if you can't get enough oxygen from that, then they will intubate the, the patient. Ten spaces.